Yo. Welcome to uh, Solid 7 Podcast. Episode 8. Episode 8. We're like one shy of Star Wars, and then we'll be ahead of them. Whoa. We will catch them and then surpass them. We're that the, that we're was the, the goal. We're the franchise. Wow. We're wow. the franchise. But no, welcome to a Solid 7 Podcast. We are not a show about nothing, but we're also not a show about any one thing. Each week we get together and we talk about whatever's going on in the world that interests us, and we invite you to join us. Come along if you feel like listening to the rest of this podcast. Well, that's a bop. Yeah, I wrote it. <laughs> so, I spent. Uh, I was up all night uh, writing it. My name's uh, My name's Kale. Across from me, my good buddy Josh. Where you're not so humble hosts. Hello. And uh, and along with us this week, sometimes it's just us. I say that it's it's just us less and less, and that's true tonight. And we have a a milestone episode for you Whoa. tonight. Equality. Yeah. We well, listen. We went intellectual. We went academia last week. Uh, the reviews are in, and so we're sticking with it, and we're going to turn it up a notch. So not only going back to academia, mm. but we're going we're going to the the softer side. The uh, is softer derogatory. Is I that feel okay? like that's offensive. Oh women can be the feminine side, the the female side. Kills either way. The point is the point is. Please welcome to the show, Professor Rebecca Strangarity, our first lady guest. And let's also celebrate the first time Josh has ever <laughs> intentionally hit the right soundtrack. Josh, you're out. Welcome. Right We're so Way excited. Now we do Thank have a small you. we do have a small podcast tradition here that we need to do before we get too far into this, and we we end up coming up short of the Solid Seven moniker, which is we crack our Jocko, Jocko goes. You Becca tried. You looked. I tried. And uh, I did. Google lied to you. Um, Google lied. They told you that it was places it is not. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. And Rebecca, you too, with your glass of water. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you. Josh and I both went uh, after, after, after Burner Orange orange. I said, yeah, I said that weird because I was swallowing while I was talking. That was almost all English. So, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I told, I told Becca, I'm like, hey, find, find yourself a Jocko Go. I'll, I'll Apple pay you the three bucks. She told me I don't have Apple pay. She definitely has an iPhone. I'm like, well, you do. You just don't know that. Um, but I'll Apple pay you three bucks and you can crack your Jocko Go for us. And then, you went on the hunt, and Google Google lied to you. They told you it was in places it is not. This is true. So, I went to three different places today trying to join you guys because yeah. I listened to you crack them for the last seven episodes, and I'm like, I want to be cool like you. It's worth it. It did it not is, happen. It, it Wawa is, is from Pennsylvania, and you could you don't have a Wawa near you. It's true. That's weird. Yes. You would think they'd be in a lot of places. The only reason I know that Wawa is in Pennsylvania is because of the show The Goldbergs. So yeah, reason same. I know that's where it originated. Same, yeah. So, fun fact. TV can teach you a lot, guys. The more you know. Watch more of it. The more you know. So, Becca, I mean, your path to the Solid 7 Pound podcast is a bit of a roundabout. I like the Solid 7 Pound cast. (laughs) Let's do that. (laughs) But we use the hashtag, but kids don't know that it's a pound sign. Yo, what's up, kids? Welcome to the pound cast. (laughs) Why do they have a hashtag in their name? Why is it pound pound? Cast. Oh my gosh. So we've known each other for just slightly longer than my wife and I have been married. And that Whoa. is because uh, you're a friend in law. Yes. yes. It's true. So I inherited you via Jade. And of course, mm-hmm. you and my wife know each other because you ended up on, uh, I wouldn't, I mean, in the grand scheme of missions, I would say it was a short term mission trip, but it wasn't like a, it wasn't right. like a summer two weeker. Like you guys were on. Yeah, it was four months. Four yeah. months we lived together, the two of us. When I was seventeen, 
so blessed, Jane, your wife's heart for putting up with me. I know. And where were you guys? I always forget. Which we one. were in Mexico and Argentina together. Oh, so good yeah. countries. Yeah. Good countries to be in. Yeah. The, those are, so, I mean, solid food mission trips. Solid food yeah. mission How trips. was the Chipotle down there? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I mean, you, you <laughs> so ate Chipotle much. and it's original. Uh, <laughs> So, so much Chipotle, Josh. Yeah. No, but so you and uh, you and my wife were on that trip and uh, hit it off and thick as thieves ever since. It's true. And I can't remember now. I know they were friends of uh, Jade's that were uh, anti us even dating and or getting married. And I can't remember if you were in that camp or not. Don't lie. Jesus is listening. <laughs> I would say the first time I met you, I was just concerned because it was a quick weekend and. Jade was all of a sudden in love with this guy and true story. You had dated Jade's best friend for a long time before that's, Jade. I don't know if that's come up on here, but yes, that's a factual statement. It is a factual statement. Now, and to, so, be, to be fair, um, my, there's a lot of people on this planet that consider my wife, their best friend. So it's, it's almost difficult to date someone who is not Jade's best friend. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But no, I this will... was a, give you space but, but this was legitimately this was the a best real friend. this was a real best yeah, friend. yeah 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 who i love very much also um anyway so i wouldn't say i was again by the time the wedding came i was for it but i only i didn't know you you know i lived far away i flew in for a quick weekend she gets the dress yeah. everything's great and i was like jade what about this this and this and then she explained things and, and then i felt cool and i have really loved you since and let's let's be fair oh i love you too becca um so, but uh, I mean, to be fair, I'm a lot. Uh, yeah, I'm fair. sitting here thinking I'm, I'm surprised you have people that just and love you in general. I'd say you went through pretty much the normal progression, which is at first you, you kind of just don't like me. Mm. And that will tend uh-huh. to transition to like a white hot hatred. I'm on that one. Um, and then True. shortly after that, it just leads to numbness. Mm. And people confuse that numbness for love. And I, I think that's pretty much where you've landed. And I'll take it. Mm. Okay. I'm on the white okay. hot. Yeah, Josh isn't accepted. He made it to white hot hatred and, and never left. And this is where we parked and yeah. where we're camping. That's why we talk to each other exactly okay. once a week for this podcast. And yep, mm-hmm. that's it. Sounds okay. about it. Keeps things good. So, but you came around. The, yes. uh, the Lord showed you the error of your ways. Yes. Uh, we were trying to rehash <laughs> this uh, today, Jade and I. Um, the last woman I went on a date with. If you're not doing like the, if you're not doing like the hokey, like, oh, date your wife. You're not that person. It was me. It was the, me. Yes. The last female I went on a date with was Becca, not Jake. But I, we could remember, all, no, we're not, we're not polygamists. We weren't. No, no, no. We weren't like trying to expand the family. Date in the strictest sense of the word of you picked me up from an airport or took me to an airport. Uh, no, that's I what, think you picked me up. That's what I couldn't remember. No, I think Jade, I think we were picking Jade up from the airport, this is but I think you got in town before her or something. It was something I like that, but something like that. Bottom yes. line, like we were picking Jade up, or I was picking her up, and Jade wasn't right. around yet. And no, we, I want to know who, which one was it. And it we ate, we ate at Ale House, and uh, whoa, so we that, did. That was my we last non Jade. Whoa, Jade, and, that a, was, and, and a lovely time. And I was just about to say I don't know what this says, but one of my better dates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were married at that point. Yeah, I think yeah, you were married. Yeah, we were yeah, definitely that, married I think at that's that point. Pretty early on. Then why would yeah, you call you, it a date? It, because it's funny, because and if you don't call it a date, this story exactly. is just yeah. If you don't call it a date, then this is just a story about Nothing. two friends grabbing lunch. So nobody wants to I hear know, that it sounds, story. It sounds cool. It's yeah. you know. Thanks yeah. for stealing the thunder, Josh. No problem, Seriously, Josh. 
So, uh, but That's then, hilarious. So we we get here tonight, and we don't. Uh, I I think the I think it's no surprise to the listeners. We don't do a ton of show prep. Uh, <laughs> not a lot of. <laughs> there's, some, there's some people that could think that they, that I should brush my kinda. Uh, there's some people. I just want to speak Jewish real quick. Um, there's a couple people that uh think that uh, we could probably use some more show prep. Hey, listen, there's there's podcasts okay. out there for them to do that. Yeah. Unless they want to become exactly. Patreon supporters, in which case I will be happy to work on some more show notes for you. Josh, you are a solid seven podcast. You don't need to be professional. Hey, uh, those are for the solid ten podcast. First of all, second of all, you can't speak Jewish, dude. You speak Hebrew. That's it. I knew it was wrong when it came out of my mouth, but uh, <laughs> just, uh, just gotta yeah. Uh, Jade gets, uh, she doesn't really get mad, but she rolls her eyes at me, which is the equivalent because uh, one of her many best friends uh, is Brazilian. And so I'll make the comment like, speak Brazilian instead of Portuguese, but I do it to troll. Like, I, I know. I think the most confusing one is uh, Chinese. Like, do you speak Chinese? No, it's Mandarin, but it's like. Right. Well, and then it's one of 15,000 dialects. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, but. Um, yeah, so we we're talking about the show and we're kind of talking about you know where we we what we tend to do is pick a starting point. We're like, ah, we'll probably go with okay. this topic and and then we'll just see where it takes us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I told him, I'm like, uh, you know, we're gonna dial Becca in. His response to me, I kid you not, was, "Who's Becca?" I'm like, our guest tonight. To which he responded, "We have a guest." <laughs> <laughs> I had zero idea we were uh, calling you tonight. Hey, Josh, I'm like eating welcome my... to your podcast. <laughs> yes. I know. I'm your guest. <laughs> had zero clue. I mean, I literally left work, came here, grabbed Wawa on the way, and I'm like literally eating a new panini at Wawa. Yeah. Um, and what guest? <laughs> Professional podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We are well on our way. Yeah. To... I really did my homework before coming in today, Headed folks. for the top awesome. of the charts. Good. I'm glad you did. Um, so yeah. then um, he's like, so who is this? So then I, you know, I start to recount who you are and why. And uh, you might give the, uh, you know, if everyone can forgive an alcohol reference, you might give the Dos Equis guy a run for his money. Like your your life told in its totality has been pretty interesting. It's true. I wish it's I had true. like an ooh-ah sound effect. Ooh. Ooh, ah. ooh ah. Uh, so 17, my wife runs into you in another country. So were you done with, were you out of high school? Did you graduate early? Were you done with high school at that point? Yes. As a good uh, Lancaster County girl, I graduated early. I was homeschooled. Mm-hmm. So I graduated early from high school, spent a gap year overseas where I met Jade, your lovely wife. And gap, it does feel a little bit like I'm treating. You're, you're so cultured with your gap year. <laughs> We're American. You took a year off. Europe, you took a sorry. year off. Whatever. That's, whatever. Allow me to translate this to American for everyone. She took a year off. I've never even heard gap year. <laughs> <laughs> no, she she took a year and she worked at the mall in the gap. And, that's, and then ah, she went to school. Yes. Exactly. That's what I did. Um, yeah. And then I went uh, to college, did my undergrad. Bible College in Tiesel. I uh, had a interesting time after that. Lived in South Africa for a bit. Helped start a school. Moved in Portland, Oregon for a bit in a Did house with see, fifty people. I was about to say we're definitely going to talk about your time in Portland, but I'm, okay. you're skipping Wait. over such massive, like crazy swaths of things. Okay, I know. A, well, I know what like, else to say. Even, How deep to go? Even for go? even for homeschooling, this was not the the average household that you grew up in. 
You guys should okay. be a TV show, either a reality show or a sitcom. I don't know which, um, but you guys absolutely should. And still, should your parents absolutely should have their own show of some form. I do think my parents honestly should have a TV show. I'm not going to lie. I think that would be really awesome. So, yeah, I grew up uh, there. I'm one of three biologically, an older sister and a younger brother. And then we did foster care for a bit, but eventually we did foster care into adoption. So when my sister came to live with us when she was nine, she was 13 when she was adopted. And then actually the year that I was overseas with your wife, Jade, was the year that we started adopting my now brother and sister from Russia. So I came back from that year in June and then they were adopted in August and they were 15 and 13. So we were six at that point and all teenagers at the same time. Jeez. Now, on yeah, top of this, just... your your dad is a doctor, yes, a medical doctor. Tell the people he where is. his office is, Becca. So so half of our house uh, is his medical office. He's a family doctor. And is also because growing up. It, well, I was going to say growing pains. And it wasn't growing pain for the, the dad's like, office. Was at the house. sexual predator, Bill Cosby. <laughs> no, this, yeah. was, this was pre-Ruthie Cosby. <laughs> so this was, you know, Huxtable. the ideal of Dr. Huxtable. So... Yeah, he actually, uh, half our house is his office, which was great because I know now as an adult that most of my friends who have parents in the medical field, they never saw them, but we yeah. always saw my dad because he was there. So that was great. And he helped homeschool us, super idyllic childhood. You know, Lancaster County is where all the Amish people are. So we just grew up surrounded by fields. There is a hitching post for horse and buggies in the parking lot that he sees. I remember growing up, he would get paid in quilts and vegetables. I told Josh so. chickens, but that's quilts and vegetables are no less interesting. Thanks for repairing yes. my knee, Doc. No. Here's a quilt. No. Also, especially with yeah. lumber prices these days, some of that Amish furniture would be more more than what he would charge. Anyways, if they were paying yes. point. it's very true. Also, the quilts, they're actually quite expensive. Yeah. So he still does house calls to this day, um, wow. which I think is so sweet. Um, so yeah, it's really wonderful. So that's my parents. They're amazing. Um, they homeschooled most of us. Some of my siblings went to school because they needed the English, the ESL help. What does your mom do? She was a stay-at-home mother. She homeschooled us. Cool. And then about 12 years ago, she uh, finished her undergraduate degree. And wow. she has since finished her master's. Wow. So Again, moral of the yeah. story, I have done nothing with my life. <laughs> no, I didn't know that about your mom. That's awesome. I know she'll pray yeah. your face off. Wow. It's um, very true. Like I would prayers get... for like Indiana Jones melt your face yeah, off? Yeah, like so here in Orlando, we have a, a large uh, Latino population. And so around the church, like particularly within the choir, you would have what is uh, in no derogatory form form whatsoever referred to as like the uh, the Puerto Rican mafia. But it's these like just amazing Puerto Rican women of God that will just mm. pray down to thunder on you. And your mom would slip into uh, Caucasian though. She maybe would fit in with those ladies just fine. She would, she would, I would, the last five years, Josh, I was in Israel and she would definitely leave me voice messages on this one app that we use over 20 minutes long. And she's just praying. Wow. And I would listen to the whole thing, thinking to myself, surely the prayer is going to end. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's going to say some important family business, right, that I can't miss, you know. And then 24 minutes hits, she's like, hey, man. And I'm like, wow, mother. At the same time, I love it. You know, I'm right. not complaining. Right. She's, but That's yeah, sweet. she she loves to pray. So, but you, you bounced all around doing mission stuff. 
Yeah. Um, like, yep. like all around. All um, around. Landed in uh, Portland for a while. I did. Living yeah. in, and I always feel gross even just saying this word, but you were in, you were living in a commune. I was in a hippie commune, as you like to say, yes. Yeah, but is it an accurate assessment? I, I'm very possessive and protective of it. So, of course, I would say no, but on paper, perhaps it looks as such. No, I will give like, you that. Hippie's not, I mean, it, typically I do mean it derogatorily, but it's not necessarily <laughs> derogatory. They weren't running around, you know, like everyone was rolling closed. their own Let's and wearing tie-dye. Safe. Yeah, no, it wasn't, yes. but... You know, it was a... Yeah, so it was a really cool, it was a ministry um, that really essentially was international student housing. So I think there was around 15, 20 of us were Americans, and the Americans that lived there had all grown up overseas or had spent significant time overseas. And then everyone else was from other countries. So three of my years, there's over 50 of us living there, and then uh, two of the years was probably around 40. And most of them were um, families from overseas uh, who either the husband or the wife was studying at one of the local universities. So we just did life together. We had one living room, one kitchen. We all uh, had chores. We had to do cleaning the building. And we all ate our meals together. Uh, The single floor, we had a girl's bathroom and a guy's bathroom. And then the families had kind of two bedroom apartments uh, with their own half kitchenette and um, a restroom. So, so it was amazing. In, so you lived in Israel for five years, you said? Well, this yes, is pre-Israel. after that. Yeah, this, this was okay. pre-Israel. This is why you were working on your master's, yes? Yes, okay. I did my first master's. Yeah, my first master's was in Portland, and I, I did it while living there. Yeah. So while Becca was there, Jade and I took a vacation to the PAC Northwest. We spent most of our time in Portland. Uh, we went to, I know this makes the Portlanders... Uh, you know, angry, but we did go and visit Seattle a little bit and a little bit of time in Vancouver. But Becca was out of town, but we actually got to go and crash uh, in her room uh, in the commune, which was awesome. Like not having to pay for a hotel, being able to stay someplace cozy. She uh, like uh, uses essential oils and stuff. So her room smelled awesome. Um, And she left us this uh, dope book, like 52, like a hike a week in Portland. Uh, that took us to some of the the coolest hikes. We had the best time. And I I learned two very definite things during my short stay in the commune, which was those were all incredibly lovely, warm, welcoming people. And I could never live in a situation like that ever. It would be good for no one. So I'm not built for it, but it was awesome. I mean, I know what a commune is, but like if you wanted to explain it for someone that didn't know. So imagine a bunch of people that I should probably let the person who's lived in one tell you, but... um, Go ahead, Carol. This is interesting to me. Yeah. So you can tell me how close I am. But so commune being, you know, same root word as community. Oh, yeah. So they're all living in this shared space. Meals are shared. Food shared. Responsibilities are shared. Everybody's helping clean. Um, Let's be honest. It's typically hippie. They're typically growing some food somewhere, some fruits, some vegetables. Somebody's tending our garden somewhere if a bunch of people are living in a commune and everybody just kind of chips in and, and does their part and it's uh do you ever get alone time yeah so i you have a choice as but we had options you could have a roommate or not as a single person so i chose to pay a little more but to have my own bedroom so i had my own bedroom and a closet but i did share the one girl's bathroom on the floor with all the other girls and then the families, they had their own mini apartments. So like I said, the par- there usually were two or three bedrooms. So parents usually had a room and then the kids would share one room and then they'd have a living space, like a little living room. Right. 
and then we had a large living room for the whole building and then one kitchen. So, you know, meal times were scheduled. And if you were going to miss, you either signed up for a late plate or you just missed the food that day. Could you go out to yeah. McDonald's if you wanted? Oh, of course. I mean, they, they we like... paid for our meals. So, like, why uh, would you go to McDonald's when you could captive. get... I know. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't you know why. Leave. That's what I was picturing. I went like, to school, Josh. I worked a normal job. Right. Well, yeah. I just have a wrong picture in my head, but now it's been corrected. Got it. It was essentially like a large dorm with four floors. Yeah. Okay. You know, and the first floor was office space. The second floor was the kitchen, living room. Third floor singles. Fourth floor the families. Gotcha. Yeah, it was. So, I mean, it was a really cool setup. We fell in love with it. The coffee shop down yeah. the street, Rain or Shine. We still have their mugs. We loved Rain or Shine while we were there. Not that you can get bad coffee in You can uh, get bad there. coffee in Portland. It's not possible. Yeah. The coffee in Portland is top notch. Oh, um, I w- go, ahead. go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to no, say, we found the world's it. best. Wow. <laughs> we found the world's uh, best donuts, which we still crave daily, uh, which was uh, Blue, Blue, Star. Blue Star Donuts. Shout out Blue Star. I follow can... their Instagram and I shouldn't. It's It's sadistic. It's almost um, painful to follow their Instagram. I also have to say, yeah. why? they are so are they good. No, oh, Josh, well, yeah, you have no they, idea they, what you're missing. Yeah, they probably are woke, which I, I learned this week that now uh, woke is a derogatory term. So um, depending on what... We'll have to stop using that one. Does but, anyone uh, who isn't woke they, say... They are woke. They, dude, I'm who, telling you, these are the best donuts you'll ever have in your life. They're, I, I don't even know how to describe them. They're incredible. Um, they really are life-changing. Blue Star yeah. Donuts? Yes. Yeah, we'll put them up right now, Josh. So you mentioned like the shared bathroom. So Jade and I were up there essentially to to hike, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's shocking that we're, you know, eight episodes in and I haven't really talked about outdoorsy stuff because I am into that kind of thing. Uh, But I'm a prepared hiker. I'm not the kind of person that's going to grab a Zephyr Hills bottle and my phone and my sneakers and go out on an eight mile hike. I'm going to go prepared. Somebody breaks an ankle. We got more than that? Yeah. A little bit, a little bit more. Um, So, you know, we're like filling up you know, like water bladders, like camelback style. But like the only, we we could and probably should have gone down to the kitchen to do that, but that just didn't seem convenient. So Jade and I are, it's very, very early. We're going out very early. Who Who's going to, who's going to be going to the girl's bathroom? Were you both in the girl's bathroom? I tell the story. I'm dying already. We were already. both in the girl's bathroom you, because the faucets were higher in there and we're trying to get as much water in the water bladders we can. And this sweet little Asian girl whose name I, I do not know, I, I don't know if I ever knew it, walked in and was mortified. Why? She course, was apologizing to us, which was funny. Of course. But like hands straight to the mouth, like apologizing and like backing backing out of the this room. I'm like, oh, Jade's like, we're just, no, we're just filling up the water. We can, we can leave. I don't know what she thought was going down. Right. But uh, it was... It was an experience. I'm sure she that still tells hilarious. the story. It's probably a very different story. Big white man. Yeah. I'm sure it gets told as like that Strangarity girl invited these heathens into our commune. Mm. Right. And the man went into the girl's bathroom, yeah. which was very much off limits. I Can will I tell say. you a fun getting stuck in a bathroom <laughs> story? I'd be you can. I have a fun getting stuck in an elevator story to tell. Go ahead. All right. So we're at our camp. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, they split the camp uh, like they're the middle is the gym. And then on the left side is all the guys. And there's got two there's bathrooms. And then the whole right other side is the girl side. This is like a youth summer camp or something. Yes. Okay. And um, and so but the bathrooms are still labeled on the door as boy girl. But even though on the boy side, both bathrooms are for the boys. Right. But even though the signage still says boy girl, it's confusing. But so I think it was maybe one of my first years going to this camp as like, I never went as a student. I always went as a, an intern or a leader. So it was my first time being there. 
I was in the bathroom, in the boys' bathroom, but on the girl's side. Okay. Okay. I'm laying the business out in there. And uh, it's like maybe an hour before the service starts that night. I hear people come in. They are not of male voice. It's like five young <laughs> girls voice. coming in laughing, ha, 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 uh, getting ready for the service. And something I've learned being married is women do not get ready quickly. So I'm in there. Some like, women, Josh, I just want to say. Okay, I shouldn't stereotype everybody. You're okay, but rarely is the bathroom chip just about like urinating or something. Right. They're not dropping it and then leaving. They're They're in there for a minute. We will agree to disagree, but that is fine. I will I will keep my mouth shut. You finish your story. Okay, so I'm sitting in there, and then there's also horrible cell coverage. So I pull out my cell phone to text someone, come come save me, because this, like, if I, and then it was like, at first I sat there for maybe a minute. Once it reached minute five, I'm like, if I leave now, now it's, is when it's weird. Every, every additional second just yes. makes it exponentially worse. Yes. So, and then I start smelling burning hair. They're straightening their hair. They're curling. So they're getting ready. And you're just hoping nobody notices your leg hair, essentially. Like, I that's... think I was wearing pantaloons. <laughs> so I think, I don't know if they could tell. Maybe they just thought I was, a, maybe he was, a, she like this chick in this bathroom. Whatever. So, um, so I'm. I think I ended up sitting in there. Swear to God, about thirty-five minutes plus. This maybe fantastic. 40, 40 so, what oh are they gosh. thinking the whole time? Like, the, it would have been great just as they were leaving, and the last one was kind of halfway out the door. If you had been you like, right? "See you later," <laughs> just a, as deep a voice as you can. And manage. I just remember being absolutely petrified the entire time. Tried texting anybody. None of the texts went through. I think I waited an additional five minutes after they left just to make sure we would. I wouldn't. They wouldn't see me go out. And nothing ever oh, came of Josh. it. It was fine. But yeah, that was terrifying. That's fantastic. Yeah. Wow. That is special. That's a good one. Oh. So you were stuck one. in an elevator? <laughs> yeah. So two years ago, I met um, another friend from that year overseas. We did a backpacking trip through Europe. So we were in Croatia, which on its own, Croatia is amazing. I mean, I would recommend going. However, we did things very cheaply. So we were in this Airbnb a little outside of um, Dubrovnik and we were on the seventh floor. So we were taking the elevator down because we're lazy Americans and the elevator stopped and we're in a foreign country. There's no cell service. What are we? We just hung out for a bit in the summer uh, in this elevator. It's getting hot. And, and this is a non-American elevator, right? So you're talking the two of us, my friend and I barely can move, you know, there's not space. Did you immediately I establish think, a P corner? Cause that you have to do that first thing. I did. Dwight told me how to do that. Yeah. So I did right away. I told Christine, this is the corner we'll pee in. Um, <laughs> to which she said, what the heck Rebecca? No, I didn't say that. I thought I did actually think that, but after we got out of the elevator, yeah. I'm not going to lie. That thought did cross my mind. But of course I panicked as I am prone to do super dramatic. I think the whole thing lasted just about five minutes, but these sweet little Croatian grandparents came by and there's this little window and we're in between floors. Like we're not even on a floor stuck. We're in between floors and these cute little Croatians and they're like screaming at us, you know, we don't know this language. I don't even, I didn't even Google. I'm like, literally was a bad uh, traveler. Didn't even Google how to say hello or thank you in this, in this language. 
So eventually they found somebody who was able to help us. So we did get out. I think the whole thing literally was under five minutes, but we were pretty scared. I'm not going to lie. I thought to myself, I could be in this elevator, not able to tell anybody for the rest of my life. Yeah. And it ended up five minutes. And it probably five minutes, probably less. And I just, we did the stairs the whole rest of the trip. Yeah, I was so, going to say, I, like, I've, but, never, I've never taken the time to, like, make the list of which countries I would and would not be willing to ride elevators in. But if I were going to, top of my head, in this moment, I would have to say Croatia would probably be on the do not ride list. Yeah, especially when you're not in the city center. I think that's an accurate. I don't know where Croatia is. I can't picture it right now. Yeah, pr- pretty much. Uh, like it's near Greece really, area, right? Really any of the Eastern Bloc countries are. Uh, like Croatia counts as Eastern Bloc, yeah? Ish. Yes, it does. It's yeah. an Eastern Bloc. Yeah, we went. Yeah, I I enjoyed Croatia, but I much preferred Montenegro and Bosnia. They were pretty amazing. Oh, well, I hear Bosnia is oh, lovely, especially this Italy. time of year. Yes, of course. Love Italy, everybody. In case you're wondering, you can. It's funny. Italy like, also is the great. the pock marks from the bullets uh, in the on the walls in in uh, mm-hmm. Bosnia. You can actually just plant right in those, and then you get one of those nice green walls. Oh, nice! You yeah, can put your cigarette out in there. Too. It's a really it's a really cool thing. Yeah, the aesthetic there because put of that is so awesome. Put a coin in there for good luck. <laughs> so awesome! Like super different, unique. Uh, upbringing um bounced around did the the missions things and then uh well not most most recently but most recently you mentioned uh did a a long run in israel i did yeah so i got to israel because one of these families i was living with and portland was israeli and they invited me to come help start a shelter for prostitutes so as one does i said of course uh, which is not true i had no desire to go to israel i was never one of those uh, evangelical Christians who loved the nation of Israel. I thought it was cool, but I wasn't dying to go. And I was kind of done with overseas after South Africa. So I was very happy in Portland. And then um, I ended up going to Israel for a year, thinking I'd be there a year, and ended up staying for five years. Wow. So yeah, while I was there, I got a second master's. And I also... Um, did that second master's and helped with this shelter, starting this shelter. And some of what you were doing there, admissions-wise, like there was kind of just what you were doing that was open and you were kind of working a a regular job, right? Like if I'm remembering everything right, it wasn't like just the shelter, it wasn't all you were doing. Uh, And some of it was pretty like low-key, like not not covert. You weren't like James Bond Christian missionary, but you couldn't talk about everything that you were doing openly either. Correct. So Israel is a democracy. So um, it's totally fine to talk about, you know, my beliefs and what I believe and to express that. You can't share it with the kids, but otherwise it's totally legal to be a Christian and to share the gospel if you want to. So I always thought of myself as an expat first, not a missionary, although I did raise support while I lived there. Um, But my heart was really, so I did this second master's my first two years while I was there and worked in this shelter. And then I transitioned the last three years and did uh, more work. Uh, Actually, I had a job and worked out of my church and in this shelter both and helped uh, start a kind of ministry to homeless people on the streets with along with Jews for Jesus. That's cool. 
So outside looking in, Israel seems like kind of a, a trippy place to live. Uh, like this tiny little country surrounded by people that tend to not be big fans of them. It's very true. Yeah, it's a really interesting place. I thought it was a lot more scary before I moved, for sure. I definitely think I had some fear about, oh my gosh, will I get in a terrorist attack? <laughs> Which I think is thought, pretty yeah. common. Yeah, I think that's a very common thought. And then I moved there and realized this is the safest place I've ever lived in my entire life. Yeah. So Israel, the nice thing about Israel is there's zero petty crime, which it doesn't exist in America. We have so much violence and petty theft and just tons of like violent crimes. And in Israel, it just doesn't exist. You have a terrorist attack and that's it. So, so go ahead. What do you attribute that to? My, my guess would be having not been there that you've got this people that one, they are pretty co cohesive as a people. I don't think most people and, and not that, that I've been there, but just from what I've read and seen, I realize that it's not as homogenous as you would think there. There's actually, um, there's a lot of focus on, um, uh, the area that some people call Palestine. Um, but, um, like there, there is a large Arab populace in Israel proper and they participate in the government. And so it's, it's not just this big homogenous Jewish state, but those people that live in there, rather they're, they're Jewish or Arabic or Christian or otherwise, they all kind of live under this threat of a semi common enemy. And so they're so f vigilant and focused on protecting themselves and each other from this common enemy that they really don't have time to have beef. I, I think that's a lot of it. I do. There are for sure, I want to say there's 11 million people in Israel and 9 million are Jews. I could totally be making that up, yeah. but that sounds accurate. Um, don't Google me, people. But That's why <laughs> so, I laugh when people are like, Israel's vaccinated so much of their population. Well, yeah, it's Metro Orlando. Of course they have. Yes, they've vaccinated both of the people who live there. You're right. Anyways, I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. A, they also haven't given out the vaccines to the West Bank or Gaza. So they've done a good job with their own nation, I guess. But anyway, that's another, we could talk about that. But the, I do think part of it is they are this tiny, tiny, I mean, we're talking about the size of New Jersey state that every nation surrounding them wants them to be, you know, decimated. Yeah. So I think there is a huge, there is a sense of like, globally within the nation a familiar connection that doesn't exist anywhere in america that i think is really special so when there are these attacks you you often know someone who knows someone yeah. you know maybe two people were affected but you would know someone who knew someone and that really i began to see that and experience that so i think just kind of that sense of family that the whole nation has uh, also affects they're not going to then attack each other. Yeah. Whereas in America, you know, well, we think on the East Coast, we're the best. That's what everyone on the East Coast right. thinks. People of on the course. West Coast think West Coast, best coast. So yeah. every, you have these little enclaves, I think, within America that we're much more tribal in that sense. Yeah. That are specific people and then we don't care about anyone else. Yeah. In my opinion, I, well, I do. I think feel that. like so. Part of it is just that you know the way we we were designed and and founded. Like 
Uh, you even go back and look at the founder statements. Like they looked at themselves as citizens of their states primarily. Yes, like I'm they a, did. I'm a Virginia, and I'm you know, um, you know, I'm a Massachusetts man. Right. But first, and you know, and that's kind of that whole idea of the autonomy of the states and being a, a republic and not just a, a democracy. Um, but uh, you know, and so when you look at it and you break it down like that, um, Israel's basically Texas in the Middle East. They're all yes. uh, proud of where they're from. They're, uh, you know, they've got a Super. common cause. And if you kill them, they kill you back. They do. They and, don't mess around. Yes. Israel will kill you back. And I also yes. love whenever um, like evil people, evil regimes in the world are like playing footsie and patsy with all of the nice countries and like, no, no, guys, we won't. We won't make nuclear weapons and reactors. And then they're doing it anyways. And we're everybody's trying to be nice and deal. And what if we give you some money? Oh, we're gonna try some sanctions. And Israel just goes and blows something up. We're like, they're like, yeah, no, Iraq, you don't get to have those nuclear reactors. We're just gonna fly some F-16s over. We're done talking, and um, just they'll be flat, and then we don't have to talk about it anymore. <laughs> it's true. They don't mess around. And I have to say, I love. I I do just feel so safe with the Iron Dome technology, and even with COVID, I feel their response in the beginning. They did so much better than other countries. They kind of, I think, failed a little bit in some ways with BB. But yeah, they really want the best for their citizens. And I think because they're young and small, they're still making, you know, some baby immature mistakes. But I I love living in Israel. I love my time there. I love my friends. I feel so grateful to have experienced such a diverse place. I mean, the Jews really did disperse and they have come back. And just to see uh, people from all over the world uh, living together was just such a unique gift. When was the last time you were there? Um, uh, March of last year. Oh, wow. During yeah, COVID. so I came home right during I've, COVID. I've always loved Becca's stories of like when she would come home while she was living there and then trying to get back in the country. Because despite all that time there, Becca clearly being a, a lovely young lady, mm-hmm. like <clears throat> you guys can't see her. Pretty, pretty trustworthy. I mean... She, she's from Dutch country in Pennsylvania, people. I mean, it doesn't get less threatening. And so they like, uh, you'll explain this better than me, but they like basically sure. rate you as like a security threat if you're not from yes. Israel. Like you go through yes. these questionnaires. They don't play around if you want to come visit Israel. And despite all that time and everything she did in Israel, Becca was still always like a four out of five. Jeez. <laughs> it's like uh, Or a five out of five, like, even sometimes. Okay, so officially, the Israeli government, if you're listening, which I know they are, I love you, please let me back in. Um, they will deny this. But the truth is, when you leave, it's leaving the country. It's not even getting back in. Getting in was fine. It was leaving the country was such an issue because when you first go, so even before you get to the ticket counter, you stand in the security line and they'll take your passport. You have to go through all these questions and then they'll take your passport and they'll give you this like barcode. And whatever the first number is on your barcode, that determines every other security step you will then go through. Hmm. And Israelis get one or twos. Uh, most foreign citizens get a three. And Palestinians and young, blonde, blue-eyed girls get a four or five. And the reason is I am highly susceptible. And I asked a friend of mine who works in security um, at the airport because it, it used to drive me nuts why I would get like a four or five every time I left that country. And the reason is I am the target of, uh, you know, they do, what's it called? Target assessing or stereotyping. I forget the technical term. 
And I am very susceptible to fall in love with a Palestinian man. I just did air quotes. Who is it? Uh, for those of you listening, a uh, true. And so I could put something in my luggage for him. And being an ignorant, idiot, blonde girl, I wouldn't realize what I was putting in my luggage. That's that's the stereotype, right? So yeah, we get a four or five. So I usually most airports they say two hours before. Now I'm a global citizen. You know, TSA pre-check. It's usually 20 minutes, yeah. right? I do in America. In Israel, most people want to do an hour and a half, two hours. I don't think I ever got through security in under three and a half hours. Jeez. Because, and usually, well, I shouldn't say usually, three times that I left, I actually had to go in a special room and literally take off all my clothes to be strip searched. They, oh the security gosh. I would get was not a joke. And one time I had to be escorted by a guard, like a security guard from the ticket counter through all those steps. And he sat by me at my gate until I literally boarded the plane. So I love this so much because you're the least threatening person on the planet. It's like, if you were sitting, if you were in line next to my own grandmother, RIP Graham, like I would think she was shadier. I would be more suspect of her uh, than of you. And I just love it so much, but it's, they live under constant threat. They just do not they play. Do. They are they not, don't play. they are not woke. They do not care. No. They are not PC. They, they do not care They're about not. your feelings. It's true. They don't care about yeah. your schedule. But you're leaving it, the country. Was, why, why do they care more about? Well, because they go put a bomb in? on the plane. Whereas coming in, they see I have, you know, I had a visa to be there. So they would see I had a legal uh, reason to be in. But when I'm leaving, what's to say I wouldn't do something on the plane while I'm leaving? Right. So it would drive me crazy. I used to every time, this is why Carol's laughing, because I would always make a uh, poll on my Instagram story. What number do you think I'm going to get today, fam? That's funny. And it would Dude, and, and I, Becca, this is tangential, but Becca is a prolific Instagram story poster. <laughs> I do love the stories. It's a, it's a, it's a lot. There's, it's like, a lot. She can I beat know. Michael Williams on his 20,000 stories. Um, but here's the thing with Mike Williams. You heard his episode, right? I did. I did. His yes. two episodes. When he posts right. on his story, and I don't, I doubt he'll ever hear this, um, but like he, like he'll be like, you, you know, you can see the little dashes of how many are in one store right. one day or right. guess. So it's like, it's like periods. Yeah. Somebody typed yeah, yeah, there's so like periods. Periods. yeah. yeah. But I don't if, do periods. I still have dashes. Yeah, okay. still have that's, dashes. Yeah, that's good. fair. But his, there's so many. And then you watch like the first couple, he's just teaching you what he's cooking that day. But I think he always forgets what he, how he ended the video before. So it's always him kind of always repeating everything he's saying yeah. over and over. And it's oh like, Mike. bro, just real quick before you yeah. hit record again, watch it, watch it back and then post the second yeah. one. But, and, <laughs> it's, you, Mike. and it's never like I'm, I'm a gourmet. Watch how I prep this meal. It's like, watch how I just follow the instructions on this box of Kraft macaroni yes. and cheese. <laughs> You're not and, wrong. And there's not even a spin on it. He's not even like, now some people just follow the directions, but I add some No, he's cr- like, what's up, y'all? I want to make this cookie. I add some cream You're going to see how I want to make this cookie. This cookie will be great. Uh, it's so accurate. And you're right. He won't hear this. Mike only yeah. listens to the episodes he's in. That's what we've established. We're not going to even he tell did, him. He we did talked say about that. Him. Yeah. You asked. And yeah, he's we like, it down. Uh, Mike, yeah, if you're listening so... to this, text us now. He had just been on multiple long flights and still wasn't caught up. He knew he was going to record with us while he was here. Yeah. And he's Dude, too busy I... freaking out about turbulence. 
he can do two times speed. There is no excuse. This is now I'm a I'm a big believer. Anchor, I love you. Spotify, I love you. Please give us more sponsorship money and more exposure. But I'm a big fan of Overcast as a podcast app because yes. it does smart speed. So I used to be like a time and a half person and then everybody sounds like Ben Shapiro. Also still love you, Ben. Please come on the podcast. Um but it's funny because uh, I'll be listening to Ben Shapiro and Jade will be like, I just can't listen at time and a half like that. And it's definitely normal time. It's That's definitely funny. 1x speed. Uh, but what Overcast does is rather than speeding it up, it just removes all mm-hmm. the dead air from the podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like if we okay. were silent for a few seconds right now, if you're listening on Overcast and you have smart speed turned on like right now. See, they don't know there's a gap. They don't know that we paused there briefly. Okay. So I just okay. think it's cool because you it, it, it's a little bit of a time saver Man, for you. you. Wow, that, that, right. that cuts out. Right, without making you sound like a little mouse. Hey, every right. little bit counts. I'm on the I'm on the I'm on the back nine, man. I'm on the back I gotta save them seconds, man. I just use Apple Podcasts and I don't care. Jimmy Crack Corn. Yeah. Um so I don't know what sidetracked me on overcast. Uh, yeah. Mike oh, Williams time and is a half. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You said he could listen right. to Right, and time. I do two times. There we yeah, go. I do you really times. do two times? For almost everything. Yeah, absolutely. Because wow. I listen to so many, especially now with teaching, like teacher podcasts and theology podcasts, because I'm trying to stay current in my field as a yeah. professor. And so, yeah, there's a lot of information that I have to get in. And I only have so much time yeah. with grading and teaching prep and all and so this that's, stuff. So uh, that's a good segue because that's the latest event adventure. Came came back from Israel. Um, quarantined and then eventually managed to catch the Roro anyways. I did, yes, but months later, only in December. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, and then uh, now a professor. Yes, the, so I've been teaching for the last year. Um, slowly collecting a group of talented mutants, as I understand it. <laughs> yes. It's a comic book yes, reference for yes. everyone. X-Men. Um, but uh, yeah, what what are you teaching? So I am teaching at my alma mater, Lancaster Bible College, and I am uh, directing at the moment the Women's in Ministry Leadership Department and the Online Ministry Leadership Degree. So if anyone listening wants to get a degree in ministry and leadership online, you can talk to me. Or if you are a woman and you want to study more how to be a cool woman in ministry, I'm your girl. Hey, no, and 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 I'm I'm sure it does, but but this definitely consists of more than um, just reading Beth Moore books, right? Just... To be completely <laughs> honest, I have never read a Beth Moore book in my life. Oh, I don't even know who Beth Moore <laughs> is. You go. Oh You're not gosh, supposed Josh, to know who real? Beth Moore. You're not. Supposed I don't know to who nobody. that is. It ain't for you. Wow, she's been in the news though recently, in like Christian yeah. news. She's been very yeah, uh, controversial. <laughs> she just left. Uh, she just left the Southern Baptist Convention. So it was a big uh, ta-da. Yeah. Yeah. And then Josh Maxwell said some horrible things about her last year. She, I'm Josh surprised she who? hadn't seen her in the news. She's 63. John Maxwell. Is it John Maxwell? John oh my Maxwell, gosh. Yeah. John Maxwell. Oh, okay. I, the smaller um, photos, she looked younger basically than Basically, if you're a Christian, your name is Josh or John. Yeah. Let's Correct. just be honest. A, uh, Every other name, you're dead to me. You know what I can't stand? Sorry, I'm cutting you off, Kale. Okay. You know what really grinds my gears? Uh, so it doesn't really grab my gears. I just want to say it, but, uh, you know, what's really stupid. So I work on a staff and there's two other Josh's or three other Josh's, including in addition to me, there's at least three, including you. Yeah. That I can think of. Right. So what people think is the funniest thing, 
they'll go, we'll be all sit, we, we sit together, right, at a table. And it's not like we're all yeah. named Josh, let's be friends. It's just, who cares, we're sitting. And then someone will inevitably go, hey, Josh. And then you know what we all... Oh, wrong one. See, that's what I get for trying. Kayla, that's my job. I was going Kayla for the left. tried to be cool. I reached across the failure. table. I thought I was going for the left. That's why it's on this side of the table. And it was... Anyways, so they'll all yell, hey, Josh. And, and, and we obviously all turn our heads and look at the direction we heard our name and then they bust out laughing <laughs> we said josh <laughs> it's 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 our name that was a great story you know, we looked right, right. and i don't get it and people are dumb so there it is, there it is. It, there i wish is. you all could there see the is. smug look on his face as he pressed the laugh track that time you just need to be like yeah well i'm named after my dad Whoa. who's dead so and then just watch them be mortified <laughs> That was good. That was good. Well played. So she has interesting hair. This yeah. uh, Beth Moore, she looks like she's she she's like a li- she's a couple phases past the the Karen hair. Yeah, it's very uh, Texas mom hair in yeah. my opinion. For sure, I, I she's enrolled her daughter a in a pageant. Texas. So, anyways, uh, women's women's ministry, women's studies—that's what you're doing. Know? Women's yeah. ministry, yeah, which is also a, an interesting topic, you know, within the church itself. What are women? Can women? I mean, I guess in society today, what what is a woman? But can a woman be in ministry, and how do you do that well? Uh, where do you fall on the spectrum of what's allowed for a woman? So it's really to me that's I love those conversations. That's where I come alive because yeah. I think that's just so fun to hear where people are at. And then of course, you know, I have studied myself, so I know where I land and feel really comfortable with that theologically, but also. So I am able to love and submit to those who are very different than me. I think that's one of the benefits of all my cross-cultural experience is I don't need, I don't need you to believe what I believe and to defend myself. And I feel very capable of kind of maneuvering in uncomfortable situations culturally and being able to submit my own feelings for the better purpose of like the team's goal and objective. So, um, yeah, but I, I love it. I love my students. Um, I also get to teach in just the general church and ministry department. We have some core courses at all of the majors. So the youth, men, children, family, the pastoral, all of them have to take these core courses one a year. And I get to teach those. So that's really fun. So I get to know kind of all the students. Yeah. Really, I know this is going to sound so uh, cliche, but... There's something so beautiful about shaping minds and inspiring thoughts and causing people to really think wise about ministry. Um, And of course, for myself, there are things that, you know, graduating from seminary and a Bible college, I felt I was missing. And I got into the field. I'm like, I didn't have a class. What do you do when you're sitting in a brothel with a girl and the pimp comes in and like, what what are you supposed to say? <laughs> How are you supposed to feel? Do you hate him on principle? Uh, no, you can't do that. That's not fair. He's as much a victim of like his circumstances too. So how do you kind of navigate this diverse world? So I love being able to have those conversations and um, it's just really rewarding and fun. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, it's definitely something I'd say you're, you're built for. So it's cool that it's where you've landed. Thanks, Carol. Um, Thanks, For the record, though, you you one hundred percent punched that pimp in the face. You're being a little too forgiving there. <laughs> I know. I was, um, I've never heard someone on that side, but you make a good point. I'm sure, like he didn't grow up as a little boy, going, "You know what I want to do when I grow up." I'm sure he. Well, got there in that's a horrible the thing. Way. 
Yeah, nobody. And that's the thing is nobody does grow up desiring to be a bad person. Right. I, I really, truly believe Except that. Kale. And so, no, Kale, nah, <laughs> no. Kidding. I was reading Harry Potter that turned Kale the way he is. I'm just kidding. I love Harry Potter. It's one of my favorite things about Kale. (laughs) Yeah, but it's true, Josh. Nobody does. And I think actually having faces to stereotypes has really given me new eyes um, to see. And yeah, just the people that I've met, they're just as hurting and needing support. Right. And they also don't have another job. You know, they also need job skills training. (laughs) You know, anyways, I won't go on a tangent, but Yeah, but see, I I agree. I just think that sometimes the the impetus to question those life changes is is a punch in the face. I I think a lot of society's problems uh right now, I think part of the reason we can't get along is so many of our conversations happen behind keyboards. And a lot of things get said that once upon a time would have got somebody hit and they would have thought about talking like that in the future and they don't get hit anymore. And I think that's a problem. I know with as much crap as I say with my mouth, I don't know. I've never been punched in the face. It's so shocking. It's it's I should have been punched 1800 times yeah. by now. I have been slapped many times in the face. I've never been punched. I've never been slapped yeah. either. I've never been slapped in the face. So yeah, that's uh, not an invitation for anyone to like seek it out. <laughs> Coming yeah, we, soon, we finally actually eventually run into a fan in public. No, it, they just they're just gonna slap you. Be glorious. <laughs> yeah, not for that. <laughs> I mean, the odds out of seven and a half billion people us running into one that actually listens to this that isn't related you know to what us. I'm are gonna do that guy. Tiny. Yeah. Um. So amongst your prolific Instagram story posting, um, I couldn't help but notice recently. Um, that uh, you've you've got some space concerns. Uh, I do have space concerns. Yes. Yes. The, uh, the <laughs> please let's talk about this. The, Nobody wants to. The Chinese, um, uh, as as a government, not is there a, a lesser offensive word we can use other than Chinese? Uh, your, PRC. Can we say the PRC? Is that less offensive? I was uh, trying to quote Michael Scott with Oscar and his Mexicani, but. So they, they, uh, <laughs> <laughs> with Ryan doing the little th- sign over the N on lemonade. Uh, so uh, the Chinese recently uh, launched a, a large, uh, like, a, I don't know, it's not a super heavy lift, but a heavy lift rocket. They, it's the Long March 5. Uh, they launched the first segment of their new space station that they're doing all on their own. Now, as we have previously discussed on the podcast, while I am pro-space and pro-space exploration, it just doesn't extend to every country, and I don't feel obligated to. Some people yeah. in the space community uh, cheer on all space achievements, No, and uh, I see a Chinese uh, rocket launching that I know doesn't have people on it. I'm kind of waiting to see if it blows up, but unfortunately, that segment of the space station... Uh, made it to space, and lovers of of humanity uh, that they are, uh, they did not do what all responsible spacefaring countries do now, which is intentionally deorbit one of the stages of this large rocket. So typically right now, like you put what you want to put into orbit, and then you intentionally have a trajectory that brings down like that remaining segment of your rocket someplace safe, typically over an ocean, or you just yeet that mm-hmm. bad boy out somewhere into the solar system. Like, no big deal. Like, just get it out of here. So, But right. you got to have a lot of delta V. you got to have a lot of, like, extra power to do that. So yeah, typically the delta the, V, yeah. Typically the, uh, the D-orbit is the play. And China's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. You can just, you just come down wherever it wants. So there's a, a relatively large section of a Chinese rocket uh, tumbling uncontrollably up in space right now. 
It will come down. It will deorbit. The the challenge is that nobody really knows where, and Becca's got some concerns. Yeah, well, I just, to me, I think, why are we not concerned about this? <laughs> that's the number one concern is, why does nobody seem to care? I just, that is like my biggest concern. Not so much where's the rocket going to land, but why are we as like a society of humanity not concerned that the Chinese just launched this thing in the space, it's up there, and it's like, I'm just flashing through my childhood of every like, you know, end of the world dystopian movie of like, Deep Impact and 2012 and, you know, the end of the world and end of the world Z and all these movies. And I just think this is, we're living in that. This is like Armageddon, but real life. And except for an asteroid, I'm like, where is Bruce Willis? Where's Ben Affleck? I need them to go and get animal this. animal crackers on her stomach right now. That's fantastic. <laughs> we just don't, we, nobody knows where it's going to land. Like, no. I, again, I, mean, I just think I'm not to myself. Good at, I'm not good at math or probability, but I would assume it would probably just land in an ocean because there's a lot of ocean. Okay, there's a lot of ocean, Josh. That's a great assumption. However, <laughs> statistically, it's not a definite. Again, no, why yeah. are we not concerned about this? Yeah, no, it's, it's, I, it's just us going, oh, crazy China, at it again, classic yeah. China. Yeah. And no one's going, wait a minute, stop it. So I come down on both sides of this in that um, I think that the Chinese government is horrible. They, they clearly don't value human life I at, eat all. at all. And boy, uh, wouldn't Alanis Morissette have to write a sequel to Ironic if that rocket booster came down on President Z's house? Uh, like, you'd have to write the sequel. But the odds are it's probably not going to come down on his house or my house or your house. While it's not statistically impossible in the grand scheme of the cosmos, the rocket's still pretty small. The Earth is really big. It is mostly water. A lot of what is land is uninhabited. So it's not impossible that this thing cracks somebody in the head. But it's not the the most likely outcome. But so then, irresponsible. They're horrible. Um, if you're going to chuck things up into space with you know, your stolen rocket technology, you should at least uh, take the time to deorbit your rocket. But they didn't, and and here we are. Why, like, who keeps these things accountable? Like, why is it someone going, China, you can't do that, and here's the consequence of your actions? Uh, because See, elections have consequences, that's why. Uh, but it would be, again, as a global citizen, I think, yeah, somebody, somebody should care. Somebody should say, you can't do this again, so fix it. Right, but yeah. nobody's doing that. You know, that seems this too is logical, where I maybe. do I do miss the Israeli way of life. I'm just I don't like what you did. So here are your consequences. Yeah, yeah. in America, we're very light foreign policy, light in these situations, and that I don't love. Currently, yes, that's ac- that's accurate. Yeah, it'd be great to see uh, Israel just be like, yeah, you guys don't have launch pads anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> So, but in in good space news now, I don't know how we haven't really talked space, but you've been listening to the pod. You know, I, I've been on a I little have. space kick because of uh, Marcus's present for me. Um, so, like the craziest thing going, we talked a lot about ingenuity with Jason last week, which was awesome. Um, mm. But the craziest thing going really isn't the tiny little helicopter on Mars, which is awesome enough. It's Starship uh, that SpaceX has been working on uh, in South Texas, Boca Chica. And uh-huh. so they've been, they, you know, they've been flying these Starship prototypes up to like ten or 12,000 feet. 
They flip it onto its belly. It drifts down. Last minute, they kick the engines on. They're trying to stand it back up on end and set it down. And they've blown up, I don't know, four or five of them. SN10 landed kind of. Landed kind of. Um, you can actually, if you watch the footage from the SN10, SN being serial number, uh, it like it landed hard enough that it bounced. No bueno. Uh, and seven or eight minutes later, it kind of blew up a little bit. Uh, but yesterday they flew SN15. Now they skipped some serial numbers because they had made so many design upgrades, so many engineering changes that okay. serial numbers 12 through 14 were just outdated. So they just scrapped them. So they went wow. from they went from 11, which was a pretty big boom, well above the launch pad, mm-hmm. uh, to SN15 okay. flew yesterday. Mm-hmm. And they stuck the landing like they've been doing it all their lives. I mean, I've, yes, I'm a nerd standing in the living room, clapping and cheering. Uh, Marley, our our little 18 month old clapping along with me. She has no idea why, but it was so cool. It just shouldn't be possible. And I think Elon says, Hey, we're going to do this. And you can, you can look and see legitimate credential people in the space industry be like, yeah, you can't, you can't do that. I mean, even back, like nobody thought you were ever going to land and reuse an orbital class rocket like they do with the Falcon 9. And the landings right. are so routine. There was an, another launch here from the Cape this past week, 60 more Starlink satellites. That was the ninth flight and landing for that booster. Wow. Uh, the uh, the crew that just launched, launched on a reflown. They call it flight tested, but a, a reflown, a previously used booster which is which is crazy enough. So and then they've said like with the Falcon 9 they wanted the lifespan like they want to get 10 launches and landings out of it. And so they've got two boosters that are on 9 so that's about to happen. And then Elon's like, "Yeah, I'll just keep launching Starlink with them until they fail. I want to see what the life scan span can be and if it if it blows up with my satellites on it, who cares they're my satellites." Jeez. So they're just but so then they take this Starship is so different. Like I can't, I saw somebody like put a two scale image of like the full shuttle launch system. So solid rocket. Mm. And so Starship on its own without its booster that they're, that they're going to build with 27 Mm -hmm. engines on it. Starship on its own is basically just about as big as the entire, uh, space, you know, uh, what was it? Space transportation system STS. So the whole shuttle with the, with the tank and everything, it's just huge. And they just wow. pop this thing up on end and set it down on the launch pad. I just Googled yeah. Starship shuttle size comparison, and this first uh-huh. photo is this. Yeah, that, that's about? the one. So this big silver thing is like almost as big, if not bigger, yeah. than the shuttle with the white with 50, the white sides and the big orange. Yeah. 50 meters tall, wow. 9 meters in diameter. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. 100,000 kilograms to orbit when it's all said and done. Shh. Well, That's interesting. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. We'll post the link to the video. I'm telling it if if you're somebody who yeah, when we talk space, if if you're out there listening and you roll your eyes or you skip ahead because you think the space thing, the exploration thing isn't that exciting. They already skipped ahead. They're you think listening. we've been there, done that. Watch this video. Watch this rocket do its thing. It's unbelievable and it's this is just the second stage. This is just the orbiter. They're going to stick a giant booster under this thing with 27 engines on it and fling the whole thing up into space, and they're going to land both of them. 
Um, yeah, that's ridiculous. Do people go up in here in the top? In the that's that's uh, essentially where they'll be. Yeah. Um, Everyday Astronaut, who we've talked about on here, Tim Dodd, he was doing live coverage, and he's actually got some really cool graphical overlays now. So mm-hmm. I would say go back and watch uh, Tim's coverage, even of the SN15 launch, because that's when he debuted some of these. But he's got graphics that overlay, like, over the actual live picture of the Starship prototype sitting on the pad. Mm-hmm. And it shows you like where the tanks and stuff in there are now. Gotcha. So these are just prototypes. Okay. Um, okay. This isn't, um, you know, they're not human rated, anything like that right now, but you can kind of see where that space is within the prototypes where they would create living space and labs nice. and, and stuff like that. So, so explain to me, Kale, I have a question about this. So yeah, sure. what, what brought this on? So obviously we didn't just, you know, six months ago decide we're going to be cool in space again. So when did this, is this all Elon or like, is it NASA? Like explain to me when this all started, because that's really interesting to me that it is all of a sudden we're very cool again. So how did this happen? So, uh, some of it's sudden, some of it's not. Um, so Elon's not burdened by like how slow government has to move and he's not burdened by like, right. okay, he doesn't have the same challenges that NASA does in that, okay, we've got this mm. new administration. So this thing we've been working on for four or eight years isn't a priority for them. So we've lost our funding or they want us to move in a different direction. Um, so as a private company, they're just able to move a lot quicker. Now to be sure they've received plenty of government funding and obviously they've made a lot of money off of, um, you know, getting the contracts to uh, fly supply missions to the ISS and to do Crew Dragon. Um, and now they're involved in Artemis, so in returning us to the the moon. And so a, a version of Starship has been selected as the sole winner for the Artemis program to be the first moon lander. So uh, okay. Blue Origin and Dianetics um, have both now challenged that with the GAO. So thank you guys for slowing that down. They're mad that they didn't win, and now they're crying about it. Um, their argument got a lot harder to make yesterday because I'm sure part of their argument was they said it was awarded improperly, but I'm sure part of the argument was that what SpaceX is trying to do just isn't feasible. And then SpaceX is like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, watch. Right. So in the meantime, you know, Blue Origin hasn't flown. Now it's separate from doing a lander, but they haven't flown their big rocket at all yet. And it just got delayed more. And uh, Elon's down in, in Boca Chica just pulling off sci-fi. I mean, if you're wondering, uh, Starship is bigger than the Millennium Falcon. So that's, it's good to know, but can it so do that's, the? Uh, that's a size compare. Size can it jump to hyper hyperdrive? Uh, not yet. Not no, not yet. It's, it's, uh, a little bit Chewbacca. <laughs> it's a little bit smaller than uh, the uh, the Starship Enterprise. So so but okay. f- for Elon, it it really is about. Um, and you know, to hear him say it. So, I mean, you take it with a, a grain of salt or, you know, believe him, don't believe him. But for him, it's, um, it's a hedge against Armageddon. Um, not in like the biblical sense, but he just thinks right. humanity's best chance at survival is to be multiplanetary. Right. Uh, and obviously, so for him, it's about, it's about boots on Mars. It's about, you know, uh, colonizing Mars and right. he's, uh, uh, now he's, you know, he's making a little bit of money doing it and I'm sure he doesn't hate that. Um, either Mm -hmm. but then even the economics of starship is crazy so blue origin came out which is jeff bezos's now they have done a lot of heavy testing of their small starship i made a prediction i think back on episode five um, that like space tourism was going to be popping off there's been a few space tourists the russians have Mm -hmm. flown some people like to the iss but by and large not really where i'm just going to pay for a seat and take a ride um and blue origin came out it was yesterday uh they released their 
Uh, their first seat is up for grabs on their little new Shepard rocket, and it's going to fly like July 20th, like soon. Wow. So I don't know who's going to get the other seats on that first trip, but for the, the very first seats that that is for sale, uh, they're doing an auction, and all the money from that seat will go to some charity that, that they have or that sure. Bezos has. But what the okay. speculation is is that seats on this little rocket, which it's just an up and down in this capsule, you get a few minutes mm-hmm. in space. Uh, that the seats are going to cost north of five hundred thousand dollars a pop. Oh, that's it. I could. That's easy. They'll come down. To be eventually. honest, that's not that much. That's actually for what you're getting. I don't think that's terrible. Well, I would never pay that. Look, but I saw somebody do this and like, oh, I'll just wait for the ride on Starship because the internal, the inhabitable capacity of Starship when it's done is going to be either pretty close to or greater than the uh, cabin space on a seven forty seven. Hmm. And it's hyper reusable. So it's going to cost like $900,000 to fuel the thing. But basically, I saw somebody do a breakdown of if you could fly 100 people on Starship, like what the fuel costs are and because it's reusable, like what you would need to get for those tickets to make it feasible. And mm-hmm. it'd be like two grand a person. So, hey, wow. I'll just hold out, take a ride on Starship. Wow. That's cool. It's just on such a different scale than anything anyone else is doing right now. So maybe when we're like 60, this will be a little more commonplace just to hop on a... Spaceship going to space for a second. So Russia. This was serial number. This was serial number fifteen. Elon expects to have a starship orbitable, like Mm -hmm. actually circling the Earth by like SN twenty. Like he wants to pull it off this summer. So um, maybe when I'm sixty, but not when you're sixty, Josh. Like it's it's coming and it's it's coming fast. So if we can manage when you're sixty, I'm fifty. So. Should the Lord Terry, um, and uh, if we manage not to blow ourselves up. Uh, it's it's coming quick because these private companies huh. are just iterating so 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 yeah. fast. So you know, a couple of years ago, like think about five years ago, nobody had landed an orbital rocket, like not even okay. Falcon Nine. So now that's commonplace. You think about how short a time that is, and then just a, a couple short years ago, like Starship wasn't even a thing. It's been through a few different design iterations. Whereas mm-hmm. NASA's big rocket for the moon program is the SLS. I've talked about it here before. It's literally repurposed parts where the, the first one is actually all the parts uh, are actually in the, uh, the vehicle assembly building out at Kennedy right now. But it's it's a, a variation on shuttle solid rocket boosters. It's 100 percent every there's four engines on uh, the main stage of the rocket right now. They are previously flown shuttle engines. Wow. Um, the second stage is using tech that we've used like since Saturn V. So, I mean, it's basically, it's a junkyard rocket and it's taken 10 years and like $14 billion in cost overruns to get that thing done. And in the meantime, Elon's gone from no rocket to he's done, He yesterday they did with Starship what people before they did this would have said is impossible. You're not going right. to fly a rocket this size at altitude. You're not going to flip it on its side and bring it down slow like a skydiver. And then you're definitely, definitely not going to flip it back up on end at the end and set it down. And he's like, well, okay. It does bring, it is, I think, cool, Kelly. I forget which episode you said this. I think it was the last one with Jason, but that's what's neat about science is it's always impossible till it's done. Yeah. And so you really can still create, which I think is so exciting that you are always able to push these limits. I don't have that capability. My brain doesn't think that way. I think about, oh, what horrible things have you been through in your life? Let's talk about that. (laughs) But there are people who can mathematically, you know, I don't even know, engineering and all this stuff. But yeah, 
I also just think, oh, isn't it interesting what happens in free market societies when you are competing for something? Yeah. What drives? Well, and that's the idea of there's um, there's this book out there, and I want to say it's I can't remember who the publisher is, but it's the the five thousand year leap, and it's this concept of like if you look back through history, much mm-hmm. of human history, things stayed relatively the same. Uh, mm-hmm. People obtained their food the same way. They traveled uh, mm-hmm. the the same way. Um, you know, they got around by horse and buggy. You're you're hand plowing, or you're using oxen, or you're it, you know you're making your own clothes. You're dying your own things. Life's fairly miserable. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you've got a, a crap lifespan, and then you you see um, you know post enlightenment, post founding of 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 America in particular, you see us go from horse and buggy to 200 years later, Elon's doing this stuff. So what we right. hadn't done for, you know, whatever your worldview is, what, what we hadn't managed in either millions of years or thousands of years, whichever number you want to pick, we really hadn't done. Okay, well, we figured out fire in the wheel. Whoop-de-stink-and-do. Right. Right. Um, and now in in a few short centuries, what we've been able to do and what – what what changed was that different what what made that different right. and it was the freeing of the of the human spirit and of human ingenuity to to do this sort of stuff it was that uh, overcoming of you know what I, I you know i don't think um like this monarchy was hand selected for their entire bloodline to ruin me and, and decide how my life goes uh, in just in perpetuity I, I don't think that's how it's supposed to go um, and so yeah. Um, so to to see that leap and 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 it is it's um, uh, capitalism and uh, you know uh, re- Republican so small R Republican form of mm. of government we're we're not a democracy we're a constitutional republic it's very intentional right. Um, right. but they they are one hundred percent it's the, it's the worst possible monetary system and the worst possible system of government except all the others it's. People tweeting that they hate capitalism on their $1,000 iPhone. So I just uh, hope Elon Musk doesn't die anytime soon because it oh seems gosh. like great people I'm like this. i of it. Like, the, like that are just breaking barriers. Just something bad happens and they, yeah. they don't get to finish what like Hamilton is what I can think of right now. Like imagine if he mm, w- kept going. He didn't die when he did. Uh, if right. freaking Edison didn't shut down Tesla, what could he have done? Yeah, Edison was an evil dude. Did some cool things, but he was a dirty, thanks. rotten scoundrel. Yeah, thanks for electricity. I wouldn't say that Hamilton was like uh, super kosher myself. I always wonder what would, like, speaking of Hamilton, what happens if John Lawrence doesn't die, right? Because Lawrence, even more than Hamilton at that time, had sure. the ear of Washington, okay? And he had the ear of Washington, and he was very pro um like emancipation of black people right and slavery right so i think more than hamilton because whatever I, eliza i just think she was super yeah. amazing yeah thank you that was beautiful and i uh, she kept him going right but if john lawrence hadn't died you know it was it georgia south carolina i think south carolina anyway what would the state of America have been? Right. Yeah. Well, but you are more the history buff than I am, Carol. Well, so I mean, yeah, you can push back on that, but no, no, I think you're right. And you know, there's no love lost between me and, and Hamilton, the person, not right. the, uh, not the, uh, production. The musical, like the which production love. though, right? Huh? Like yeah. Love yeah. No, production. I'm, I'm a fan. The, 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 you know, uh, that was, yeah, no, I'm a fan. 
Um, but uh, yeah, Hamilton's just not my guy. He was a little too strong. Central government, um, you know, I'm his his thoughts on on banking and those sorts of things. I'm just not a, not a big Hamilton fan. There's actually some some funny stories. He like had his own pitch on what form of government we should have and just talked everybody's ear off uh, at the Constitutional Convention. And so there's this. There's a statement about it from somebody who was there, and it was something like, um, you know, basically like everybody clapped out of politeness, but thought it was a horrible idea, and they just moved on. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I wish I had I had memorized the actual quote, but you know, it's and this goes back to a little bit of the conversation before, where there's the, we there's this struggle with with portions of, of our society. Um, you know, with our founders and, and with their sins right now. And I think, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for all, for these multifaceted, incredibly accomplished, incredibly brave human beings there, you know, there's, there's this danger now of painting them through, through this lens of right. the worst possible thing they did. And that, but right. the problem is we're so arrogant as a people now, um, right. as we look back and judge antiquity. Um, we, we think we've got it all figured out. We think because, oh, I've got an iPhone, so I'm way smarter. Okay. Well, you've got an iPhone, but you're not as well read as they were. You're still not, you still haven't read as much about government and human nature and studied logic and rhetoric as they have, because yeah, you have this, you have the world as your friend. They would have killed for this access to information. And we're like, cat filter, you know, so like. Okay, yeah. yeah, we've got some cool tech, but you it's haven't. Very true. You haven't done I, I do think. Good. No, I just I do think it's a it's an interesting point, and I've had which we've had this conversation in the years I've known you before. My issues with America and struggling with my American identity, having lived so much overseas, and do I love this nation? And I. I love our nation. I'm the more I study the founding fathers, you know, Hamilton, I think just blew up our whole family last year. And then reading, you know, his biography, John Adams biography. It's just to me, these were flawed men, just like today there's flawed men. And if they were alive today, I'd probably have some questions for them. (laughs) What were you thinking? But, but, and that's why I don't think they get enough credit is that they had those questions too. So it's, Oh, let's tear down those statues. Let's tear down those institutions because they own slaves. And what we've failed to do in our arrogance now is to even try to understand what the cultural norms were at the time and how enlightened and how self-aware you have to be to go look at this thing that I grew up with as being taught that this was normal and look throughout human history, slavery was not unique to the United States of America. We didn't right. we didn't create it. It still right. exists now. It's changed form right. some. Uh, right. But there, there are stats that show that the slave trade that's going on in the world now is is going on in far greater numbers than it ever did Correct. in the 1700s Correct. and 1800s. Correct. Um, and so they didn't create it. They grew up with, I mean, think about spending your whole life growing up surrounded by a people and a belief system that tells you this thing is right and it's okay. And then still having the wisdom and um, the, the, the curiosity and the self-awareness to then still question it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the founders even struggled with uh, when we were when they were looking at declaring independence. Are we good enough to be free? Are we good right. enough? Are we moral enough as a people yes, to to, to even be able to lead ourselves? Because the level of freedom that they intended for this country right. required you to police yourself. Right. We're not near as free now as we were at our founding, not even close. They would laugh at what right. we call they freedom really in America sad. right now. Yes. But I also don't think we're good enough to be as free as I don't think we're a moral enough people anymore. And, and John Adams, even a quote from John Adams, and if I'm paraphrasing, it's only slightly. Mm-hmm. It was that our Constitution is unfit to govern any other than a Christian nation. Now, if you're going to get hung up on that word Christian, replace replace it with the word moral. Uh, right. the, the point doesn't change. Like it's yes. our constitution isn't restrictive enough. It doesn't govern enough um, unless mm-hmm. you're you're a moral people and, and unless right. you're, you're agreeing unless to this set of standards. So yes. then, so we learn now. It, people love to talk about uh, Jefferson as a slave owner. They love to harp on mm-hmm. on the Sally Hemings thing. Um, what you don't learn about is that so here's Jefferson that grew up in this culture where everything and everyone, uh, certainly in in the South, said this this thing's mm-hmm. okay and it the Enlightenment had come about and it's starting to be questioned and there there's some abolitionists working on the on these mm-hmm. things. What you don't get taught is that when it became evident that we were going to declare independence because uh, which we talked about earlier. Jefferson saw himself as a Virginian first. Right. So his concern yes. was for the well-being of Virginia. Of his state. Uh, no of, one his, else. of his of his country, right? right. Um, you know, before the country at large. And so he even had to be conjoled into writing the declaration. Um, Correct. And Correct. so he wrote, seeing that we were headed for independence, he wrote, over the course of five weeks, Jefferson wrote three complete constitutions for the state of Virginia. How long could any of, like, how much time would any of us need to write one constitution that would even be somewhat passable and workable? He wrote three in five weeks, and in every single one of them, he included abolition of slavery. Really? Every single one. Uh, and his solution, his his version of abolition of slavery was this. Had any of those mm-hmm. constitutions been adopted, and, and they weren't, unfortunately, at the, right. at the state level, uh, his solution was this, that everyone born from this day forward from the adoption of this constitution every mm-hmm. everyone born in virginia is born free right slavery is over in one year well, well i'm sorry right. one generation right 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 so you don't get taught that you don't get taught that right um you don't get taught that by and large he his slaves were inherited uh right. from his father and from his father-in-law that at the time in the state of, and this isn't, obviously the slave trade was abhorrent. This isn't in support of any of that, but it's like trying to understand as a human being with the same flawed flawed nature as we have right now, different clothes, different tech, same human nature, right? right? To try and understand as a human being what the experience was and what the challenges were. And it's just so easy on this backside after so many right. others have on have paid the price and blood to correct this wrong right um right it's easy for us to sit back and go i mean they were stupid if they didn't see how evil it was it, it's right. it's just so easy so far removed when the when so much of the price has already been paid mm-hmm. to to write it and correct it right it's easy for us but for him then to sit back and see so he didn't hear him. It's not that he never purchased any slaves, but and I've asked this mm-hmm. question from docents at Monticello. Like that's where this information mm-hmm. is coming from, from his right. own. Um, was that the, for by and large, I don't think 100% exclusively, 
the few times he did purchase or sell slaves was to keep family units together. Right. That's that's not blanket. So most of them were inherited, not bought, and it was illegal at the time to free them. That's why you see like <clears throat> Washington actually freed his slaves, but Correct. but yeah. <clears throat> on his deathbed because it wasn't it right. wasn't legal to do so. So they and he couldn't free. <clears throat> Excuse me. So he couldn't even free all of the slaves they had at Monticello because some of them Mar- were from Martha's side of the family and she brought into their marriage and he didn't have yeah. legal legal right to free them. So it was just, yes, it's, it's abhorrent. Yes, it's it's awful. Yes, it's a shame that it that it ever happened. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just think we need to be somewhat fair and understanding of the circumstances when it happened and give them credit for being brave enough to question the societal norms that doesn't fit my narrative yeah so i'm mad that you brought actual history up to me because it doesn't fit what i'm trying to tweet so i'm gonna cancel you well now. even what's craziest things like um you know the the three-fifths compromise um, right you know that the you know, slave holding right. states wanted one of their slaves to be counted uh, as whole individuals for the purpose of representation. And the mm-hmm. compromise was that, uh, you know, they counted as three fifths of the person in yes. that. So that gets taught now as a, uh, they didn't, they devalue these, they didn't even value them as whole human beings. Right. The, it was actually valuing them to this extent. Yes. The, the three fifths compromise was an abolitionist compromise. Right. The, the abolitionists of the North understood that if the South were allowed to count their slaves as whole people for the purpose of representation, they would wield such large political power in our government that they wouldn't ever be able to overcome it. So it gets taught as this negative of devaluing the slaves when really the intent, really the reason the North pushed for that compromise was to limit the governmental and the political power of the slaveholding states in the South so that Mm. there was hope to to get there, that there was hope to undo it. Right. Um, And even with, like, I agree with everything you've said, Kale, and I think it's not being taught and that's very frustrating. But again, I just look at today, you know, I'm talking to you with my iPods and on my iPhone. Okay. So I'm part of this society, but you know, I haven't bought clothes from anything that's not fair trade and probably like six, seven years because you know, you're going to get mad at slaveholders back in the day, these men who founded our nation. Look at what you're doing today. You're feeding the society, right? Where's your chocolate from? You know, ever since I've been on a farm where child slaves work picking cocoa, you know, in West Africa, I'm not going to buy chocolate and I'm not going to eat it unless it's fair trade. You know, and so I just think it's super easy, again, to sit behind our phones, to sit on our computers and judge these men who I think made wrong choices and who I think made brilliant choices. And then to go out and, you know, go to forever 21, one of the worst places you can and buy a pair of jeans or a t-shirt, whatever that was made by slaves. I just bought a pair of shirts at forever like two weeks ago. So (laughs) my bad. You would. (laughs) It was 12 bucks. I was like, I need a pair of black shorts. Anyways, (laughs) Exactly. It was 12 bucks because of people who, you know, oh, I don't yeah. want to shame you. It's this terrible. is not me trying to shame no, you, yeah, Josh, no, but, but I'd, at, I'd like to at know. the same time, yeah. it's 12 bucks because the people who made that were not paid. I mean, our iPhones... You know, that's that's the reality. Aren't, aren't they made, like, in pretty sketchy ways in China? 
That's what I'm saying. I'm, on, I'm part of this problem. So, so I have my own, you know, caveats but for then things. Ev- even in this, there's, there's no clear cut thing, right? Where you, you can see, um, the, like, um, I've, I've read articles or maybe heard reports. I can't remember with like the, the Tom shoes thing with like the, the donated shoes. Right. And so it's where like, we would have had jobs making shoes, but they're dumping these shoes on us. So it's like, there, there is a, a danger and a risk sometimes at imparting our beliefs and values and imposing yes. them on where we see somebody earning $2 a day doing a 12-hour day of manual labor. And we're like, how how dare they? You couldn't ever live on that in America. That $2 is life-changing where they're at, and they're so thankful for the job. That is very true. And everyone should read the book, When Helping Hurts. I agree with that. However there's a difference between a living wage, even comparable economically to your situation where you're living versus you're busting your butt the whole day for nothing. And you're living in these conditions, working in these conditions. It's just not kosher. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. So this has been a, it's been a fun one. It's a heavy one. (laughs) I'm super, Um, super fun. (laughs) I can't say we're not going to edit any of what we've discussed this evening out just to keep our podcast from getting canceled. (laughs) So, you know, we've been talking for about an hour and a half, and I think we got a good uh, solid, you know, 35 minutes or so of content that we could publish and not, uh, (laughs) not make anybody mad. So, and gosh, we've done no nerd stuff. I know. You talked about space for a good minute. You that, did talk about space, count. but not like Harry Potter nerd stuff. I have nothing or to contribute. Soccer nerd stuff. Josh, both um, those things, I, I, I would not want to sit through a conversation. Of Josh has only. I did wa- learn, Josh, that you only watch them one time. Yes. I listen to your podcast. I'm telling you, one time yeah. that you are going to watch them with your wife out of because you want to play the games. No, I, I want to enjoy them. I'm not against. Okay, I never watched them when they were when they came out. Never saw them. Never cared. Mm. Did watch them when we were engaged. I think was my first time watching. So recently, and I was just whatever watching okay. through. But then we. Uh, during COVID Universal to get business back, they did the whole um, by one day you got the rest of the year free. So it was from literally September till December. We we went like every week. It was cool for the price of one ticket. It was dope. So um, going to the Harry Potter lore more and more often and the universe, that world in there, it is dope. I've always liked that area. It's really cool. I've said dope 13 mm. times in this paragraph, um, but like it is cool. I want to like it. So I'm down to watch the movie, especially before I play the Lego Harry Potter. <laughs> there was uh, Becca came to visit one time while she was in in Israel, so we managed uh-huh. to get a hookup on some tickets. And we're like, I don't have the books memorized, oh. stuff like that. I don't know that I would call myself a super fan, but I'm a big fan. Becca's yes. a Becca's a big fan. I've read the books, I've watched the movies, it's whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, book seven is just about the only thing I've ever like waited in line at midnight to purchase in my entire life. Nerd, yeah. Right. Um, so we managed to land universal tickets, you know, park hopper tickets so we could do both sides. Um, and like amazing. Jade, I don't, I can't remember if Jade's read the books or not. Um, she was like a cute fan. We've definitely watched the movies a lot. So, I mean, like yeah. she likes it, but she's not like a, you know, let me, let me buy that Gryffindor scarf. She's just not that person. And so mm-hmm. the three of us went there together and poor Jade, like just spent most of the day running around with me and Becca, with our stupid little wands, doing all the magic things, calling oh, her, okay. calling her a muggle. Calling her a muggle. She was totally a muggle. Yeah. You know, we're in this magical world. Hearing yeah. that makes me want to watch them less. Because <laughs> you're a muggle. Yeah. 
dirty nomad. Okay. You are. How do you yeah. feel about the, you know, the uh, Fantastic Beast series and the whole no- nomad is a really dumb <sighs> thing, right? Can we just can yeah, we agree on that? It is. Yes, we can agree on that. Is for Fantastic sure. Beast I... before Harry Potter. Yes. Yeah. So it's one of the books. So he. Um, oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking at his name. It's not Grindelwald. That's the other guy. No. What's the Fantastic Beast? Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them by your mom. It's not <laughs> the chick? Can't it's believe not it. by well, J.K. Rowling? No, it's the one so Harry, what's his name? We're both fans, but not super fans. That's yeah. the evidence of this right now. Yeah. Anyways, it's when he wrote a book that Hermione reads quite often. But the point is, so it's before. It's when Dumbledore is, you know, in his probably 20s yes. instead of so like Jude Law is 8,000 years Dumbledore. old. Okay. Yeah. I think I've yeah. seen trailers. So the whole that. thing is based on like a book that got brought up a lot, like as a textbook in the Harry in, Potter series. Oh, in, I got you. To J.K. Roll, Rowling? Rowling? It's not a real book. Oh, it's she's just a made on these movies. It's but just it's a made up story. Right. Yeah, it's not like a book okay. she wrote. There's no source material. It's a book that exists in the Harry Potter right. universe. Gotcha. So I thought movie one was fun in the sense that it expanded the universe. And they came to America, which was kind of fun to see magic in the American, you know, way. I didn't love it. I've only seen it once. But yeah. I was like, this is fun. I saw potential. And then I mean, they it's just, just it's nice to visit that. Heart. The reality is, it's nice to visit that world. Of course, like, that's what I thought. I'm like, down. this is really yeah. nice. We're growing. This is very cool. And then they made movie two, and I just wanted to be like, why? Yeah. Why are you breaking my well, heart? It's unfortunate. It's really got like, a, which we've discussed on the pod, like a, a Hobbit following the Lord of the Rings vibe. Um, and it feels like they're, you know. I, from what they've stated, they intend to do like five movies in this series. And I don't right. think the subject matter is there. So I don't either. It's not there. It's not there. It's called they're, creativity they're... guys. And they will make, I don't care. Yeah. No, I think the play on Harry Potter, what I would love to see them do, especially with all of the streamers spending all this money on content, give me a serialized show based at Hogwarts. I don't care what time period you pick. It do, doesn't matter. Do the core kids, kids being there, like go post But film it the office style. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's documentary style. Yeah. Uh, Rita Skeeter uh, doing a documentary on Hogwarts. Uh, but, or, 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 or like Juan and Jello again. Yeah, but like go back to the founding. Like there's plenty of material there. And, yes. and give me a, a 13 episode season, a, a serialized show based at Hogwarts, and you've got tons of material. And they do uh, so much with yeah. that. Is I wonder if Harry Potter is on Paramount Plus because that's related to Universal, right? They're all the same. Are those the same people? I don't know. Comcast owns Universal and NBC. Hmm. So is Harry Potter even on any of the streaming hoo haws? No. Is no. it on HBO Max? No. no. Wow. No. Yeah. We own all of them on iTunes, but if you didn't buy them. So now we know you're a, a Potter fan. Um, yes. We talk a fair amount of Star Wars. We talk a fair amount of Marvel. And I don't know if that's any of that's ever come up between the two of us. So I have no idea where you fall on those things. Yeah. Like so fan, I, not love, a fan? I love the Star Wars. So I've always loved those conversations when you talk about them. Those are great. And then the Marvel, I've only seen Black Panther. So I. Because I it was fair like trade. I, <laughs> yeah, because actually I was tricked into going. I didn't even know. I've always had this thing. I'm not going to watch Marvel till I'm married. That's going to be like my gift to my husband is, okay, I'll watch these movies with you. I've never seen them before. I think he's, you're you're, he'll probably be looking for other 
gifts. Other gifts. Go on. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, so I was watching these kids in Israel and they wanted to see it. So I took them and then apparently ended up being a Marvel movie, which I had no idea. So yeah. Anyway, so that's the story with Black Panther. And um, and actually with the DCs, I've only seen Christopher Nolan's uh, Batman and then, of course, Wonder Woman because it's got the boat. So yeah. Israel. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know if I can say this, but Kira and I have like a, a hall pass rule. So like if Chris Pratt mm-hmm. ever walked into the room and went up to Kira and said, you're with me now. I'd have to be okay with it. I think we probably need to say okay. for funsies that for this fun. is just a for fun conversation. Yeah, this is not, not a, yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously if it happened, I'd be like, Chris Pratt, take me instead. Uh, anyways. <laughs> of um, course. Of course. But <laughs> mine, mine is Gal Gadot. She's not. Yeah. Ugly. She's, yeah. she's pretty amazing. I yeah. love her. But when yeah. she released that one cringy video, music video with all the celebrities, that made me want to break up. Oh, they were singing a magic. Oh, I thought that was hilarious. It was so bad. It was oh. so awesome. cringe, and it yeah. blew up in their faces, and oh, everyone And that's such a, like, no, there, like, there's no, I, I can't think of any other song that gets more accolades, but is actually worse than mm-hmm. the song I imagine. Than that song. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's I hate that song. Like, it's so much Have love, s- and it's such a garbage song. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen Josh uh, Gal does the Israeli slang on YouTube? It's like a yeah, I saw that. Video. It was like GQ or Hilarious. someone, Vanity or someone yeah, yes, made it. Yes, yeah, it was yes, pretty interesting. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. So Star oh, Wars, my. have you watched uh, first episode of Bad Batch came out this week on May 4th? Have you watched? Have you watched so like the animated stuff, stuff? It's man. Okay. So the, I, have a, I haven't seen any of the animated stuff, but listening to you guys talk about that. What phone, are you doing with your like, time? <laughs> Why didn't you I go know, right like, there, I'm, I'm, load up I'm, Disney Plus right then and there, and watch what is the first episode, season two, or something like that? I don't know. Yeah, I need to. I haven't seen those, but I did watch Mandalorian and, of course, all the original episodes. So. What was cool was a lot of uh, Mandalorian. There were several characters from Clone Wars cartoon that became live action yes. in The Mandalorian. Not well, just uh, what's yes. her face, Ahsoka. There's the, several. The hot, Ahsoka, yeah. The hot goss around Mandalorian right now is that, um, and there's strong things pointing to this that Gina Carano's gonna come back. <gasps> what? So um, there's a, there's a few different articles out about it right now, and some of the things they're pointing to. Now there is just some industry gossip. Some is there like birds chirping in your huh. house. I'm sorry, yes. It's the... <laughs> they were yes, gifts from the Amish people. <laughs> Here, have, yes, a, have, have a pie and a parakeet. All, Thanks for fixing my noise, spleen. The dogs and now the birds. I'm sorry. Uh, no they're, they're done. They're done. <laughs> but yeah, like there, there are just like some industry leaks that they've been in talks, but things that people say are pointing to this is that the Cara Dune toys have been back on shelves. They had been pulled. Really? They pulled her toys? They pulled her toys. Of course God. they pulled her toys. She, she was had... canceled. She was canceled, dude. Come on. Gina, what did she say again? What was her quote? She had done. She... It was the co- uh, concentration camp line. Sketchy. It was horrible. I I wasn't for it. It was, But it wasn't. No, have... we should talk about that. We've talked about it on the pod before. Canceled? It wasn't. Her, the, it wasn't worse than things what, other what, people have said. What her what her post was is that and and I'm paraphrasing some, but I don't think it even needed extra mm. context to get this. Was like here it is the, right here. The only way, yeah, okay. Jews were beaten in the streets, not by Nazi soldiers, but by their neighbors, even by children. Because history is edited, most people today don't realize that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. 
How is that any different for from hating someone for their political views uh, referencing towards conservatives primarily? And the mm-hmm. point there being, like, nobody starts with a concentration camp. Right. It starts right. with devaluing right. humans, and it starts with hatred for your neighbors. Right. And I don't think there's anything super controversial in that statement. Yeah. I, yeah. But so that's what got her. There were there were some other things she had said that, that certain people didn't like. I mean, like. she does like to stir the pot, and for sure. This got used as the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, right. But uh, so her toys are back on the shelf. She had also filmed hmm. an episode of uh, Bear Grylls, a show on Nat Geo, which is also a Disney property now. And it wasn't going to be that wasn't going to make it to air. And now it is being aired. So there's definitely a warming around her relationship with Disney. So we'll hmm. we'll see. I, I'm shocked by it because it was definitely an acrimonious parting of ways. I wonder yeah. if she's still making her movie with Daily Wire. I think she will. Because she got fired, went on Shapiro's show and talked about mm. Disney firing her. And then Daily Wire is like, yeah, we'll make you a movie. And what movies is Daily Wire making? Like, That's re- what I want to know. They've released one so far, and it was kind of, um, I can't remember the title. It actually looked really good, though. Um, really? But it was like um, a school shooting type movie where this girl um, is like fighting back uh, in the school. Uh, but, but their thing, like Daily Wire, their whole thing is just like we've... Um, part of how we've gotten where we're at as a country if, is we've just um, like ceded entertainment and culture to the left and there's no need to. Like there's no reason that conservative leaning people can't make good entertainment, mm-hmm. like can't impact culture. So so we're gonna. So that's where they're at with that. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, Cara Dune, maybe perhaps we have not seen the last of her. Interesting. Yeah. I want to go on a mountain climb with Bear Grylls, like what she did re- very recently. I don't. No, no. <laughs> I mean, uh, if he starts making me drink my own pee, I might be like, all right, man, get your helicopters. Let's get out of here. Apparently, <laughs> did you see he got a lot of flack? He actually didn't like always stay overnight in every place he was. He would just show you how to get to the... You didn't know that? The look of shock yeah, on your face. The, some of the stuff was staged. But like, interesting, so interesting. once it came out, it was staged. I always kind of assumed. like, I, yeah. I'm like, I doubt he's sleeping well, there. Well, they have there. to. Yeah. But a Survivor Man, because people compared him to Survivor Man, Survivor Man was legit alone out there, supposedly. Right. No, uh, he, he was. Like, he was just, he was taking the cameras himself. And I'm like, how how obnoxious for him. Like, yes. when he's getting that shot of him, like, walking past Across and then out in the, the distance. Beach. Yeah. So he's got to get the shot. Then he's got to go back and get the gear that got yes. the shot and then right. keep going. So he's, like, playing, playing leapfrog. But Bear Grylls, and, they put him in the situations. He's really doing the stunts. Yeah, really he's got doing the skill the set. Stuff, but he's yeah. not just sleeping there overnight. He's going yeah. to a hotel. But when that came out, he got a lot of flack. I think he had to apologize. Like, sorry that we made you think that. It's like, okay, you didn't make it. Like, you literally presented it. Like, you you, you turned the light right. off. All right, I'm going to bed now. You're right. Like, Good night. Well, well, if he's Australian, he's English. Television. He's not Australian. Yeah, no, he's, yeah he's, it's he's, a bad accent. No, okay. he's the real deal. I mean, he's former SAS. He's no, the, he's dope. He's I want to be deal. his best friend. Yeah. So, Bear, yeah. have us on the show is what we're trying to say. Yeah, I'll do it. Solid 7 um, hike. With Bear we'll, we'll do a crossover. You get exposed to our our people. We get exposed mm-hmm. to yours. It's 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 win 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 win. Yeah. There we go. More for one side. <laughs> 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 so, but that's cool. Yeah. So there's there's some other stuff. I was Josh and I were joking before the show started. I'm like, we have these categories in what little bit of show notes we have. 
where like uh-huh. a category is entertainment, but what we mean is we're going to talk about whatever's going on in like uh, Marvel and Star Wars world. <laughs> yeah. So like the the uh, trailer dropped for Thor's fourth movie. The trailer, or maybe okay. no, maybe they they're just talking about the storyline. Some some of the storylines. Yeah, I was that's say, what it is. I don't even know if they I have. Didn't see the trailer. Princi- I don't yeah. think they have principal filming done. Yeah, no, I crossed yeah. my wires some there because in uh, non Disney related move uh, uh, news, the trailer for Stranger Things four did drop right yep. today. Okay, they don't give a lot away, but it does pique interest. Hmm. Uh, the I never okay. saw season three. The Loki. Why? Because I didn't really watch season two. I was playing Lego games. Yeah. Well, there's not a Lego Stranger Things, so I have not had a need to but watch those first. Uh, there we go. But uh, no, I don't. I never really watched season two, so I didn't feel like I could go to season three yeah. without seeing season two. Mm. And then the little bit I saw season two, I was mostly in and out of sleep, uh, and mm. I didn't really see it. And so mm. I don't remember it, and I just haven't made the time to go back. So well, it's the trailer's out, so it's it's coming back. Uh, mm. Loki still coming soon, but got bumped up. Yeah, it's coming out on Wednesday yeah. instead of Fridays. In true Loki fashion, he's so mischievous. Mm-hmm. Tom I thought, Hiddleston, he's dreamy. I said a couple weeks ago on this that there's going to be nonstop <laughs> Marvel um, content going out, coming out. Yeah. Right. Right? But um, I was wrong because uh, I thought Loki was right after. Yeah. The, there's uh, some little gaps, but yeah, by and large. But you, I said Tom Hiddleston was dreamy, and Becca, you made a face. Tom Hiddleston doesn't do it for I, you, huh? No, 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 he doesn't. He doesn't. I, I think it's because he's one of, you know, Taylor's boys. And I'm like, you're more, you're more of a Thor girl. I get it. I understand. And well, yeah, but they're both just kind of white looking. <laughs> I mean, if I had to choose between Thor and him, I'm choosing Thor all day long. I don't. I, I mean, I'm not. I mean, I'm married to a woman, but like. <laughs> Like, I don't see the fascination with Tom Hiddleston. I'm like, you see Chris Hemsworth? I feel like he's a much more attractive he's dude than smarmy. Tom. Yeah, he's kind of smarmy looking to me. Yeah. I, I don't know. If I'm, gonna, if I'm going to marry a man, I want him to look like a man. Yeah, like Thor. I want him to hold me in his big, right? strong arms. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, from your lips. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I'll say it for you, ladies. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, if if Thank he ever comes on the the show, maybe we'll just try, we'll try and make a love connection. Well, uh He's married. He's very happily married. Who is he married to? Elsa, I think. Is that how you say it? Elsa? I don't know. They have like three if only kids. We could find out. <laughs> Chris, Shockingly, I'm not up on Hemsworth. My... I just typed in Chris and he was one of the first ones that popped up. Wife is Elsa Pataki. Yeah. Easy for mm-hmm. you to say. Uh, that's an interesting photo they chose to f- have it up right there. She looked kind of scary. Well, she seems like yeah. a nice young lady. They're cute. They've been together a while. The the uh, the Since married Hollywood. Yeah, the couples from Australia and Hollywood have done. In this one photo than... of them on the red carpet for Ragnarok, she almost looks mm-hmm. like um, what's her name, Black Widow, doesn't she? Eh. Yeah, a little ish. Some photos she looks like Scarlett Johansson. And some, and some, and some. Don't quote okay. me, everybody. No, but okay. yeah, yeah, Hugh Jackman. He's been married a long time too, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. is that the yeah. other the other Aussie you were referencing? Yeah, that's an interesting. Yeah, one. And like Nicole and Keith, and yeah. Listen, Australia, it's a rough place. Like everything's trying to kill you in Australia. You got to stick together just to get by. 
That's true. It's, I'd be scared to visit their, there. Their strength Everything is terrifying. Every, everything will kill you. Everything is going to kill you. Literally, yeah. talking about things that are going to kill you. And then you look, you think that people live in Australia like people live everywhere else. It's like barely populated. Like I know it's all people in the live coast in these too. little pockets around the edges because on the inside you will die. Maybe that's where hell's located. Yes. Is in the middle of Australia. I don't know if anyone who's an Aussie heard this and is offended now, but hey. I don't live there, and I'm ignorant American. There goes our Australian audience. So we've offended the, the Chinese, anybody who doesn't like the founders, and now Australia. So this has been a yes. solid episode. Brought, brought to you by Jokuko. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there goes our, our origin main sponsorship. Great. I'm going to well, have to keep paying for my Jocko goes like a chump. Oh, um, we talked about Aaron Rodgers last week. Yes. Did you see how much controversy has sparked since we talked about it? Because Solid 7 is trending, apparently. And whenever yes. whatever we talk about seems to get bigger. Yeah, so, I, I did. I saw. I, wasn't, I, have, I have heard. Yeah, I wasn't tracking it, but I did see that it blew up a little bit. Yeah, so the I don't know what exactly started from, but it seems like there's this one reporter. Mm. He uh, tweeted, he's kind of, it seems like he's the start of all of this. Uh, right on okay. the day of the draft, he tweeted out like an article or something. I don't I don't quote me on any of these details. Super mm. broad summary of my assumptions um, that like Aaron Rodgers is not happy and he wants the GM of Packers fired, essentially. Uh but then, like, Aaron Rodgers played probably the greatest season of football he maybe has ever had. He was right. on the Pat McAfee show after every single game, who is a f- right. former punter. I forget. I think the Colts, maybe. Right. Um, and it was on the show every single day after the game. Just super fun, super happy, talking about the camaraderie in the locker room, how happy everything's mm-hmm. going. To all of a sudden, the other day, just going, you know what? That gym needs to be fired, and I'm mad. Like just doesn't add up, and so there's a big. Everyone's scared right now in Packer Kingdom of is Aaron Rodgers going to leave the Green Bay Packers? And uh, I don't think he is. I think it's all rumor, um, and I think it'll be fine. But you're gonna um, be okay if he does. I mean, I'm gonna go whatever team he goes. Probably, <laughs> I'm gonna kill. Really? The- no, Josh, I mean, you can't. I- As a chief head, you can't. Like no. how many people? <laughs> it's like when Brent left, we didn't go where Brent went. Well, because he went to the. Um, to the Vikings. I know, but for real, like, we don't care about the Vikings. Like, we're not following No, Brett. I know, like, I know. You are loyal since, no, like, I know. Vince Lombardi and Bart Starr. We the, care the about The history the of the Packers, and you can't yes. dispute it. You can't, like, they are football, you know? I, I did not expect this turn of events that Packers talk would get you fired up. I know. I didn't know you were a I, go I am, pack because goal. you're just, like, saying you're going to, like, abandon them. Well, just, I'm like, scared to now. Just, like, <laughs> the Patriots for Tom Brady. It was like, mostly a joke. Where is the loyalty? Do Sorry. you think people okay, left? it was a funny joke that really got me going. <laughs> no. No, if do you, you think... if you do, Becca will find you. I'm terrified. <laughs> I know. I have a Green Bay sticker on my... Uh... On my um, car, oh and I have one gosh. on my little water bottle right can, here. Can okay, confirm. I have nice. an Aaron Rodgers NFL jersey. But if he leaves, that bottle goes in the trash. Probably. Or you can just peel Barrett. a sticker off either one. But no, like I think I am a <laughs> I think I am a bigger Aaron Rodgers fan than I am a Packer fan. But I don't know Why? if I could leave the Green Bay Pack. It would depend on what team he goes. I don't know. I think what drew me to the Packers. I'm not from Wisconsin. I'm from Florida. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin. Um, I'm not from okay. there. I just, I think when Aaron Rodgers came on the scene after Brett, maybe a couple years after uh-huh. him playing for Green Bay, I'm like, oh snap, this dude is dope. Yeah. And that's, I started okay. becoming a Green Bay fan okay. through Aaron so you're not to super begin with. Loyal. 
I understand now. But okay. I but then becoming an Aaron Rodgers fan, becoming a Packer fan, and then reading about the history. Um, um, gosh, I I want to say what's the name of the field? Oh my gosh, it's blanking from my Lambo. brain. Lambo. Wow, that's field. a bucket list thing right. is to do a tour, it's see amazing. a game it in Lambo really Field. It is incredible. Packers yes, fans, incredible. I want you all to recognize that the uh, like quasi Bears fan, not even really, is the one that remembered the name of Lambo Field. I know it's the Jock would go wearing off. Judge, I probably judge him hard. Uh, I was I was actually just about to say that we might have overdone it on the Jocko Go because we're at the uh, two hour mark, boys and girls. Ooh, now, as yeah. you're listening to the podcast, you might be thinking. Uh, it's, we're not at the two hour mark well that's because we edited some things out so that we don't get cancelled yes. but as we sit here we're at the should we even tell people that haven't we should just let the seamless experience I'll let them wonder what it was let them uh, wonder it's for the Patreon kids yeah I'm still looking to hit episode 10 to outdo Star Wars so I'd, I'd like to not get cancelled on episode 8 guys thanks for having me oh what a joy oh my gosh thanks for Super coming fun. time flies right I, like you I can't feel... It's true, actually. I, I am surprised that time has gone, but I feel very honored to be the first woman, so hopefully first in money. I, I didn't get into it on the pod, and I'll, I'll make it brief because we're, we're so deep. Anyways, what's funny is we have this rule that we break all the time that we won't start a new topic after the 60-minute mark. Whatever we're talking about 60 minutes, we'll wrap it up, uh, and we'll try and close out. We shoot for 60 uh-huh. to 90 minutes total, and we paid zero okay. attention to that tonight, and I regret nothing because this has been lovely. Yeah. Um, but so uh, everybody knows we mo- for the most part we record on Thursday nights. So uh, night before last, uh, I woke up around one thirty in the morning. Sharp mm-hmm. pain in my side. Uh, long- Tuesday night or Wednesday night? Well, it would have been early Wednesday morning. Okay, so it's like one fifty one one a.m. one fifteen. Sharp pain in my side. Um, you know, long story short, spent a few hours in the ER, passed my first ever kidney stone. Not fun. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Hydrate, boys and girls. Hydrate. Um, so, uh, you know, not the most restful night. So, um, you know, life is what it is. It marches on. Life doesn't care if I've slept or not. So essentially, like, left the ER, came home, showered, changed, went to work. Um, worked the whole day. Coming home, really looking forward to going to sleep last night. Really looking forward to going mm-hmm. to sleep. Unfortunately, both of our children decided that sleep was for the week last night. <laughs> um, oh. So, uh, Have which... Have you thought about getting a dog? Sorry. I've heard it's roughly the same, so I don't know if that would be any better. Um, but, uh, so then tonight... <laughs> Um, we, you know, we wait, everybody knows because Josh complains about it regularly. We record pretty late cause we wait until my kids go to bed. So they're not making guest appearances on the podcast. Um, and so we've been wrapping up like around the, the midnight mark here the last few weeks. And tonight I was like, we're going to start on time. We're going to end on time. I'm going to go to bed. And it's a quarter after 11 and did- we still have to do Patreon. <laughs> what time did I get here today too? Josh showed up early. Yeah. Good on you, Josh. Thanks, guys. Showed up early, and yet we still sit here <laughs> at a quarter that. after 11. And again, I, I said it and I meant it. I don't regret it. So this has been a mm. lot of fun. It was I, a pleasure meeting you. 100%. Josh, nice to meet you. Hope and trust that you'll you'll come back. Oh, have me anytime. For sure. I love talking this stuff. You can, <laughs> you rant, me? can rant about the Packers. Yeah, go um, go. At some point, uh, I do want you because it's been in the news. I need somebody who understands Israeli government to mm-hmm. tell me, like they don't have a government uh, to right break now. Down the elections. I don't get Correct. it. I'm, uh, very okay. American in this aspect, and this whole we okay. need to form a government thing doesn't make sense mm-hmm. to me. It's part of what happens when you have more than two parties. Um, sure, but uh, it seems like a hot mess, and I don't get it. And while I could look okay. it up and read about it, I would prefer that you just explain it to me at some I have point. A crazy, crazy okay. deja vu right now. 
think I've yeah. seen all this right here. This is weird. All no, right. It's no. ending. It's going away. I mean, you sit and look at me across this table for a couple hours. No, every you week, were saying so. that exactly that sentence. I was like, I've heard that you say this before. Yeah, it sounds like something I would say. Probably. So. Probably. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. Thank, Thank you, you so much for coming. Uh, you want to stick around and do a little little Patreon audio with us, or you need to go? Uh, I can stick around if you want, yeah. Uh, the Patreon, ten, it's it's supposed to be a quick hit. Sometimes they go long. Okay. We'll, we'll make it quick. Hillary talked about his space stuff, so it should be fast. Here okay. we go. <laughs> so, okay. All right. So, uh, Silent 7 Podcast, thank you guys so much for continuing to listen. We're still picking up uh, you know, a lot of plays every week. Not as many as we'd like, but probably more than we deserve. Please continue to uh, subscribe and like and rate and review. Uh, tell your friends if you're so inclined. We'd love for you to become a Patreon supporter. You get uh, some little gifts. You get some bonus content. And, uh, you know, you get to feel good about yourself and that you're contributing uh, this to to the world. So we'll make it worth your while. But uh, if you can't swing the Patreon support, we certainly understand. But everybody, everybody can can tell a friend, tell a family member, uh, and, and pass the word along to somebody you think would enjoy it. And uh, unofficially brought to you by, by Jocko Go. They don't give us a dime. They have no idea that they're associated with us because they're really not. I will say, David R. Burke, uh, I literally took a photo of my Jocko can next to our Solid 7 mug, posted it with Solid 7 on the TV in the background, and said, about to get after it. I'm going to report record a podcast. I literally posted it within, what, a minute, yeah. two minutes? He liked and commented it's on cause, it. It's because good deal Dave knows what's up, man. So he's a good okay, guy. Okay, okay. But so okay. we're kind of a big deal now. Most energy drinks are garbage. Garbaggio. And, uh, Go is not. It, it is uh, not. It's sugar-free. It's good for you. It's, Monk fruit is in it. It's tasty. And uh, you should pick one up at your, your local Wawa, Amazon, vitamin shop, or uh, visit JockoFuel.com. 95 Jocko milligrams of caffeine. Yeah, not too much. Just enough. It's like, mm. it's like a cup of coffee. It's like a cup of coffee. No artificial colors, sweeteners, or flavors. No preservatives. They pasteurize that bad boy. Mm. Yeah. Electrolytes. All made, canned, the whole shebang in the good old US of A. Amen, brother. Get so, her done. So, yeah, check out check out uh, originusa.com, Origin Maine, Jocko Fuel. Uh, just buy all their stuff and tell them we sent you. Yep. And hopefully someday they'll just be sending pallets of Jocko Go to the house. I'm down with that. Or the studio. Of course, we're in a studio. We're professionals. We're That's certainly not recording I thought you said, thought you said yeah. studio that whole time. I just were at the studio so much, and it's so comfortable. It feels, it feels like, like home. I have a couch like here now. So, Becca, we love you, listeners. We love you. Do you love me? No. no. Okay. I it was very clear about who I was giving love to. Josh, you were spot on tonight with the sound effects. I just have to say, this I, is the best well, thing you've ever you, oh, Now that I've crap. learned the positioning. Well, and now that it's two hours and six minutes, I'm realizing that we have failed miserably as a podcast. And we have not asked you yet in these two hours that we've talked if you prefer Moe's or Chipotle. And it is our moral oh obligation. Gosh, it is our totally moral obligation it. on the Solid 7 podcast to ask the question. So what is That it? was an epic mistake. So here is my preference. Um, I prefer Cordoba. That's not an option. That's a non. That's a non-answer. Answer. Yeah, no. Pick but one. I want you to Gun know to that as a woman, it's my Gun prerogative to, to say Where whatever the heck I want to say when I want to <laughs> say it. And um, no, I don't know that I've ever been to Moe's, and I don't love Chipotle. Okay, well, you can oh. just get off the podcast. <laughs> but I feel when Kayla, describes <laughs> Mose, when Kayla describes Moe's, those are the reasons I like Quidoba over Chipotle. 
So I feel as if I think is really most. expensive, is it not? I don't. Well, you uh, think everything than that's Chipotle not Chipotle is expensive. You get How much do you spend cheaper on Cheaper than Chipotle. I get the uh, vegetarian bowl Ugh. because I don't really eat meat anymore Ugh. since Israel. Oh, so I get the vegetarian God. bowl. You're just giving me more reasons and to end this phone call. You're killing me right now. I know. I'm sorry. So I, I, still, I think we're due I will for our bacon. first three-hour episode. We need to. We really need to solve some <laughs> I, issues here. <laughs> here's why you're wrong, and here's why I'm right. Listen to me. I eat bacon. I just don't love any Good other meats. I mean, I like bacon too, but I'm like, I kind of, I feel like it tastes weird with this kind of bowl vibe. But it absolutely doesn't. I don't put bacon in my bowl, dude. I don't put bacon in my bowl, okay? But I will eat it. No, no, no. The bowl I get completely plain. But you get free guacamole. You get free cilantro. You get free cheese and chips. And Chipotle charges you like for all of that. Josh paints me as a Chipotle hater. I'm a Chipotle fan. I eat Chipotle regularly. Um, It's good, but I'm like, why so limited in the toppings? I'm fine with it. I'm never feeling I'm lacking at Chipotle. Seven dollars for a bowl. Well, I'm full. It's healthy, and it's delicious. So, okay. come at me, bro. Well, um, you know we had a solid two hours, and you you went and ruined it, and somehow managed to tick both of us off. So, well done, madam. You're yeah, welcome. now I'm mad. I'm gonna go home. Ugh, my thirty minute away home. <laughs> Wait, you don't live nearby the studio? No, so that Kale can say his precious good nights to his little boy and his little girl. I drive thirty minutes. Yeah, he acts like he doesn't melt when they like blow kisses and say night night, oh, Uncle Josh. I've never melted exactly. anything in my life oh, except ice cream when I oh, waited Okay, Olaf. Okay. We've said it before and we've said it again. Becca, thank you so much for coming on. And Thanks listeners, for we love you. We love you. Love you. Keep listening. Keep sharing. And uh, we'll see you next week. Have a great life. Out. Nope.